Welcome to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter. And I'm Tom. And we are back. Uh, This one is actually a bonus episode, but for anybody tuning in for the first time, we host this show where we produce content for all things Cobra Kai and Karate Kid related. Uh, Typically, well, last season, or the first season rather, we reviewed each episode. Uh, We have since uh, interviewed... 20 cast members uh not all the episodes are up yet uh and we have done other things in between to include like the fantasy karate team draft uh which has picked up uh also shout out to uh one of our members and listener rick who did a uh reaction video on youtube so yeah yeah yeah, it was awesome it was really really awesome uh i'm gonna reach out and ask if we can include that in like a upcoming episode just to throw that in uh for those that maybe i don't know don't know how to search on youtube yeah well not (laughs) only that but i think that you and i both i I think we should get all four of us back together to kind of uh defend and explain ourselves on that one oh uh I don't think it's necessary. I think we all explained why we chose it. And yeah, I know a yeah. lot of people were questioning, like, you know, the, the draft order. But anybody that has played Fantasy Draft, you know, it's like everything sound, sounds dumb after you've picked it, right? You're like, well, why, is that, why did that go number one and, and all of that? So I think it's understandable. But, uh, but I do agree with you that all four of us need to get back together and do something else. So, uh, Jeremy, Mike, if you guys are listening, you mentioned an episode with us featuring, so hit us up. Hit us up. But for this episode, we are doing our very first mailbag episode. uh, So for those that maybe don't listen to a lot of different uh, podcasts, uh, this episode are questions that were submitted by our group members, uh, some people that follow us on other social medias, and then some. Um, So this is basically going to be about us. And this is kind of inspired by uh, a thing that we do on the show already, which is uh, reaction episodes to John Hurwitz's uh, Twitter Q&As that he conducts and so i figured maybe we do this mailbag and our listeners will get to learn more about us and maybe they just have other questions that they've always been curious to ask uh and have not done so so um you know uh, tom you and i we will be alternating we're gonna read who submitted said question and then we'll talk about it so the first one comes from rick 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 that's the nickname that I've given him. <laughs> uh, also, the meme machine, uh, Rick G, uh, in our group page. He says, start to finish, how do you create an episode? You know what? I, I, I'm going to have to defer that one to you, sir. Okay, let's see here. Um, it's it's obviously very complex. You know, obviously, you have to have a topic, right? You, you got to know what you're going to be doing. Tom and I, we live on different sides of the country, which I, I feel like this might be a question that, that comes up as well. But the fact that we live on different sides of the country, we have to figure out a time that's going to work both for us, you know, to mm-hmm. get behind Well, not only that, but for our families too. For our families, yes, because they are what factors into what time we have available uh, ourselves. And we record the episode, um, depending on what's going on, there might be notes taken, there might be not. In the case of the Cobra Kai coverage, um, I went down and I wrote scene by scene, you know, just kind of talking points. You know, I'll make a statement and then Tom and I just start discussing and that's how we did the Cobra Kai. After that, Tom sends me his track that he records and I have to sync it up the best I can. 
in some cases due to technical difficulties. Sometimes the track that maybe he sends me might be longer, might be shorter than mine, and then I have to figure out at certain points when did the lagging occur, and then、mm-hmm. I have to make cuts and such to again make it fit. And and my editing process is usually at least double the the time of the recording. Oh man, I would love if if it was only process was only doubling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I spend at least ten hours on an, every episode, at least ten hours on、um, my own show. Yeah, and and you have a lot of like clips and music that you. So I I can see that because you're having to search. For yes, the right song, not just a song, but the right song. You have to search for the right clip. Then you have to cut those down. You have to fade in, fade out those clips. You know, so there's a lot of technical babble that goes into Tom. What you one do? One of these, one of these days, we need to do an episode of Cobra Hot Kai Companion, the Tom cut. You know, that would be very interesting. And hey, that helped me out. But、uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah, it takes at least double the time of the recording. So let's say the episode's forty-five minutes. It'll take me at least an hour and a half, and that's just not because like I'm listening to it, but I am kind of jumping around looking for、uh, content. Yeah,、uh, you know, making sure it's flowing. There are points that we have to re-say something because we stuttered or misspoke, mispronounced the word.、Uh, there's got to get rid of those ums, us, and long. Pauses.、Uh, yeah, at least minimize them because I, you know, we all naturally speak that way anyway, and I don't、mm-hmm. want to sound too overproduced.、Uh, I then go in and make sure I take out any coughing, sniffling, throat clearing, things of that nature. There are times where we have to, you know, take a bathroom break, so we'll pause, and so those are easy to find too. Where there's two pauses on the tracks. Oh yeah. Yeah, so those are easy to remove, and you know I have to put the intro, outro music. You know I have to make sure that、uh, you know the track starts in at the right beat, and then export it, upload it, and then I have to promote it on all the different social medias. So the editing itself is at least again double the time, but the process to even getting an episode out—that's where. You know, I fall behind, and and you know, with the little time I do have in my spare time, that's why episodes take a while to put out. Sometimes, you know, so again, I have it. I had an interview from like back in November, and I told the actor that you know I'd put it out early December. Here we are, almost the end of January,、um, and I've apologized and said, you know, we've been extremely busy with our day jobs, and you know, we get to it when we get to it, and that's also why. Our show, Cobra Kai Companion, does not have a release day of the week, just because we can't promise, you know, that it's going to come out on those days. Now, here's an odd question for you. You're talking about、uh, the process of、uh, of editing. I actually made a comment that, in retrospect, is kind of odd to my wife.、Uh, I was listening to a podcast with her while she was driving, and I said, "Okay, I can actually see the podcast edits." Right.、Uh, yes. Are you able to do that? Yes, I can. I mean. Uh, I have, you know, kind of described like the editing process, kind of like in Beautiful Mind, you know, where Russell Crowe's character he he sees like these equations forming above his head. It's,、mm-hmm. it's kind of like that too. Like I envision like the waves and stuff. I'm like, all right, that's where they made that cut. I can hear the. Yep, they boosted the audio there exactly, a little bit. They added、that. this exactly. Like I hear the the boost in the audio because the 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 last time that person spoke wasn't as loud. You know things like that. So I I can hear it because I've spent so much time editing、uh, these episodes. That and you're right. I I do see them in waveform. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because we spent so much time looking at the actual yeah. waveforms. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm missing uh, else, but you know, also when you are promoting your episodes, you're also looking for the right image. So all of those oh, things, yeah. That, yeah, you're taking into account. And, and Tom, you make your images, you know, because you make like like collages, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and then like the image you find is the is the the light the lightness of it, the brightness, and and the um not the saturation, but the contrast of it it, how how does that look and so sometimes you might have to doctor the picture up a little bit too so i don't think that was long-winded because you asked from start to finish that's i think that's the gist of it long story short there was a lot more work to podcasting than i ever knew when i first started out oh absolutely i've often described it as a second job yes i i remember one episode uh, I did, I believe, also took me 10 hours, Tom. Um, and it might have been like under two hours uh, in terms of the, the, the length of the episode. But it was also an episode where I think there was three of us that were running down like a top five uh, type of song. You know, I uh, kind of, I, I remember the topic, but I don't want to bring it up. Oh, it was called Baby Making Music. All right. So, <laughs> so there, you got at least 15 songs I had to look for to download to cut and then insert at all these points. But you also had to about. mix them so that they weren't too loud and or too quiet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So depending on the track that you download, it, it might be um, too low uh, in terms of the volume. So you have to raise that if it's too high. So very, very tedious work. Um, and I don't know why people... Or you know, it's it's funny when we tell people how we how much we love podcasting, but the editing process is is the worst. And when I'm out there on Twitter saying like, "Oh God, I wish I you know had an editor," I'm actually being truthful, but I'm not gonna wish that on anybody to edit my episodes because I am actually kind of I'm pretty I'm particular kind of a control freak. Yeah, yeah, same. So um, I I hope that's it. But Rick, great question. Any other questions? Yeah, yeah. Ask again in the group and maybe I can elaborate more. But I think I got the gist of it there. So the next question is from Janet H. Uh, this is actually a two-part question. Question one, is there any more unseen footage that will be used from the Karate Kid movies to be used as flashbacks in the Cobra Kai season two? Um, I... I've heard rumblings that there will be, but I I don't think they've put out anything concrete just because they don't want to spoil anything. Have you heard anything, Peter? I I feel that Mr. Hurwitz has actually answered this in a previous Q&A, and I believe he said yes. Okay. Question two. In the future, will Cobra Kai and with interviews and deleted scenes will be released on DVD as a box set? Or will it go to YouTube instead? I would love to have a DVD box set. Uh, actually, I, I, I don't think there's going to be a actual physical media release of this. I think uh, Mr. Hurwitz himself has stated many times that he, too, would love to have like something that he can hold in his hands. But it just doesn't seem to be in the cards. Uh, I, I'm with him. I, I, I still love physical media. I love bonus contents. I love uh, behind-the-scenes footage, commentaries, all that stuff. But it just doesn't seem to be in the cards. Right. And, and you know, anything I say is just going to be regurgitating what you said. The only other interviews you'll get currently are with us. I mean, you'll get like your main players. Oh um, yeah, you know, you'll get like Entertainment Weekly, and exactly. you'll get uh, you know, you know, Hollywood Reporter stuff like that. 
for like the big, big actors from uh, the original franchise. But I actually kind of have it as a point of pride that we're getting we're we're casting as wide a net as we possibly can with the entire cast. Mm -hmm. Yep. So uh, stay subscribed to our show and look forward to more interviews uh, because we'll get them as, as you know, as we can schedule them. Yeah. Yeah. The next one comes from Brianna D. She asks, have you been properly chastised for asking for spoilers during Q&As or should we chastise <laughs> you some more? Um, and I reacted with a sad emoji. Uh, I don't, I honestly have to admit, I don't remember if I've asked any spoilery questions, but if I did, I more than deserve any chastising that comes my way because I've been adamant that I don't want spoilers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And for anybody that that missed it, that's some shade on my part because I did ask a question that could potentially a spoiler and and the group loves to give me a hard time about it and I love you all for it. So don't think that you're ever hurting my feelings because I have pretty thick skin. All right. So the next one is from Rick, 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 Rick. We all know John Hurwitz is Peter's spirit animal. Who is Tom's spirit animal? Please don't choose Hayden. He's my spirit animal. Now, are we talking just solely in the Cobra Kai universe, or are we talking in the world uh, in general? That, that, that's, a, that's a difficult question there, Rick, 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 Rick. Good job on that. Um, I feel we're talking about the Cobra Kai universe, and this tells me that Rick hasn't gone back far enough in our episodes, because, Tom, you have mentioned at least once uh, who your spirit animal is. So I don't know if you changed it. I don't know if you've forgotten it. but you have... I still got to say Hawk. Yep, that's it. You mentioned it on one of our reviews of the uh, one of the episodes. I can relate to Hawk, not just because he's somebody who... Uh, who is very introverted, very quiet, and and just beneath the surface, there's something interesting going on. But I'm willing to bet that if I were his age in high school and I was given the tools that he stumbled into, I probably would have been just as big an asshole as he turned out to be. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't want to say I can see that because I don't want to say that I'm agreeing <laughs> that you're an asshole because I don't I don't believe so. <laughs> But uh, thank you for leaving Mr. Hobart's to me. So, yes. um, so that question does sound like it, that was for you. So, uh, and and Rick is correct. Uh, I believe John Hurwitz is is my uh, spirit animal, just because I feel like we're cut from the same cloth, uh, just uh, different. You're kindred spirits. Yeah, you know. Uh, which, by the way, yeah, Tom, I think you did see my. Uh, I finally, for the very first time, put together my collectibles of. Yes, I did see that. That was awesome. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I wish yeah, I, I had. I a... actually have to send you my picture of uh, all of my hardcover uh, comic books. Yeah, I think it comes up, so we'll we'll save it uh, this conversation till we get there. Um, all right, the next one comes from Stacy H. She asks if you could pick only one person from the Cobra Kai series to interview, who would you pick and why? Um, this one was really hard for me because there are. You know, some people that have said, yes, they'll, they'll, they'll come on. We haven't scheduled them yet. Uh, so I don't want to, eh, I don't know how I'm wording this, but I'll just give you my answer. Okay, just to make it simple. Um, I would love to speak with Billy Zapka. Yeah, that's one of my goals. I want to talk to Billy Zapka and Ralph Macchio. I would love to get a chance to talk with uh, Sholo or any uh, 
basically anybody connected to this uh, series. Yeah. I'm actually kind of interested really in talking to the people behind the scenes, though. I would love to get a chance to talk to uh, the composer, the editors, the writers. You know, uh, to me, those are the ones that really kind of put the the engine together. And they don't really get the recognition that I feel that they deserve. Okay, so what is your one answer? All of the above. <laughs> you, oh, you hawk. <laughs> what a way to beat around the bush if I've ever seen somebody beating around the bush. Um, but okay, all right. Uh, I Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, some of those that you just named, Tom, we may already be, you know, in talks with. Uh, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. But um, just my simple answer, Mr. Zapka, just because, you know, this show is about him. Um, and and I'm sure he'd be able to touch on, like, his relationship with all of those other cast members, too. If, if I just had the one chance, that would be it for me. All right. Uh, Janet H. Uh, has stopped up again. My favorite comedy movie is My Cousin Vinny. What are your favorites? Peter, uh, I'm going to take some time to kind of think about this. What are your favorite comedies? Uh, Favorite comedies is tough uh, because there are so many that I just completely love. Uh, But just to throw it out, My Cousin Vinny, I do love that movie. It is. It's a very good movie. Yeah. I reviewed it on Podstalgic if you want to check that out. And what's interesting about that particular review, I had a movie reviewer slash critic that is 19 years old at the time when we reviewed it. Uh, So that's an interesting take hearing it from somebody that young. Um, Yeah. Daniel... Uh, from Get Real Movies. I, I don't know if they're still putting out episodes, but that's where the podcast was. Uh, that was the guest. Um, but my all-time favorite comedy is Coming to America. So I can say that with confidence. I love that movie through and through. Very quotable. Um, and I love the story. You heard they're doing a sequel, didn't you? I Yeah. Not, not that I'm not happy about it, but... I'll, we'll just see as it develops. You know, I'm just kind of like, mm, sure, whatever. Um, other favorite comedies that come to mind, uh, Spaceballs. I love Spaceballs. Uh, that's also very quotable to me. Um, you know, the, the Wedding Singer, you know, that's a comedy romance. But that's just to name a few. I mean, I'm a movie guy, so I can go on and on and on. But hands down... I don't even want to say my top two, but the top two that comes to my mind, my number one comedy, Coming to America and Spaceballs, I would say, is definitely up there. I don't know if it's my number two, but it's up there for me. All right. Um, with me, I'm going to give the prerequisite that this could change in an hour. It just depends on what mood I'm in, yeah. where I'm at, and all that stuff. Well said. But right now, I'm going to have to say Blazing Saddles. Just because I love westerns of all eras, and this is a spoof of every type of genre of western that was out there at the time. And here's the thing. The difference between a Mel Brooks movie and the Not Another movies that you were talking about earlier, those are very in-your-face where they're trying to show what they're spoofing mel brooks is very deadpan it's he's very dry the actors are saying and delivering the lines very seriously but what they're saying is completely absurd which makes 
what they're saying and what they're doing so much funnier. I I, I I don't think that you can get away with that kind of subtlety these days. Mm-hmm. You know, Mel Brooks in general, I mean, he has a, a trinity of movies that I just hold up to be the, the, the gold standard for comedy. Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, and The Producers. Just, just, I mean, you can mine those movies again and again and take away so many great nuggets from all of those movies. And again, this could completely change within an hour if I go ahead and look at my uh, DVD shelf. But right now, I think that's where I'm going to comfortably sit at, Blazing Saddles. All right, very good. The next one comes from Amy S. What's your Mount Rushmore of actors? Uh, Also, favorite podcasts. Um, I don't know if I have a Mount Rushmore because that's four. Um, The top two that I'll throw in. Uh, I love me Tom Hanks because how could you not? I've seen just about just about everything that he's done. I would say maybe 90% of his movies. You know, there might be a few that I missed. I also love Michael J. Fox. He's my idol. I've seen probably just about every movie he's done, uh, even the bad ones. Um, this one's tough because it's that actors. one is tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I enjoy just about everything uh, Leonardo DiCaprio has done, good or bad. Huh. Um. Well, you want me to go ahead and step in, sir? Yeah, if you want to step in real quick, that'll try to give me at All least right. a couple more uh, names. The the first ones that I'm thinking of, and these are people who've had plenty of duds in their career, uh, but I always think of Robert De Niro. You know, Robert De Niro has done some staggeringly good work. He's incredibly versatile. I mean, he can do everything from high drama to deadpan comedy to practically musicals. I mean, he he almost started in a musical where he played a jazz trumpeter. Uh, Al Pacino, same thing. Uh, the other ones that I always uh, kind of looked at with uh, admiration are Meryl Streep, just because she's somebody who completely commits to a role, and she has just done so many things with her career. Uh, and the other one that I, I, I always get a kick out of, and again, he's had some bad, 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 bad movies, but I always find Jack Nicholson to be really, really entertaining. Yeah, he really is, and he brings a lot of um, gravitas to a lot mm-hmm. of his characters, for sure. Uh, you did help me um, complete my Mount Rushmore. Um, I, I agree with you. Meryl Streep is a treasure, and I love a lot of her movies, um, even the ones where she's not so great in. You know, I, I think she still is doing her she's best. She's at least interesting. Yeah, she really is. Uh, so I, I really love that Meryl Streep pick. Uh, so I'm going to go Michael J. Fox, Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, and Denzel Washington. Um, good I, choice. Yeah, I watched, Real good choice. I watched just about every movie that he's done as well. Uh, one of my favorite movies that I feel is underseen is Hurricane, uh, which I also reviewed. Yes, yeah, yeah. I was actually just thinking about that movie the other day. Phenomenal movie. I love that movie and wasn't one of my biggest episodes, which is kind of crazy. Uh, and that just tells me I, I felt that that, was, that movie was underseen. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he, he was, um, I think he either won or got nominated for a Golden Globe. Uh, and I think he might have been nominated for Best Actor uh, for that movie as well, but lost. That I do remember. Yeah. 
So what about podcasts? That's a that's a tough one. That's a, that's kind of a loaded question just because I'm friends with so many podcasters. Same. We we are friends with a lot of the uh you know the same indie podcasters. So what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to um pimp out the podcast that made me interested in being like a movie reviewer. Okay. And um <laughs> here's a little funny story of how I even discovered podcasts, okay? Uh, my sister, who was then in the sixth grade, was reading the Twilight books. Do you, are you familiar with those books, Tom? I am. I actually remember going to Borders Bookstore to buy the hardcover first print edition uh, for all of those for my wife. And I would only do that for somebody I love. <laughs> Not for yourself is what you're saying. No. No. No, okay. I, love, I love my wife that much. All right, so my sister was saying how, like, these books were huge, and this is before the movies were even, like, a thing. Um, I was just like, huh, okay, let me let me check what this is, uh, what this is about. Uh, I never read the books, but I had checked out the audiobooks uh, for all four of the books. I, th- I think there's four of them. And I okay. was like, okay, you know, hey, the books are kind of cool, whatever. Let me see what other audiobooks I can find. And my immediate, uh, my go-to is always just typing in Back to the Future to anything, okay. <laughs> you know, and um, and then I came across a podcast that reviewed Back to the Future. I didn't know what a podcast was. I had heard the term before and I was like, okay, this must be like an audiobook. And so... I hit play. There's these guys behind a mic, and they're breaking down Back to the Future. I'm like, this this is amazing. I, I must see what other movies they have done, and that's how I ended up like, um, you know, listening to all of their stuff, but ultimately finding other podcasts that have done the same thing. And when I am looking for like a new movie review podcast, I can usually type in Back to the Future to see who else has done one, and I kind of judge them by their review because I like to think I'm, you know, I know a lot about the movie movies. And um, the show is called Now Playing, you know, so I don't know. Tom, have you heard of Now Playing? No, no, I don't believe I have. Yeah, they're a retrospective um, uh, movie podcast. So they go, they do by series. So when I forgot what Marvel movie was coming out, they went back chronologically and did every Marvel movie leading up to that one in new release. So they've done old movie retrospectives, they've done new releases, and there's always themes and stuff. So if they had already done like a Martin Scorsese, uh, t- uh, you know, um, series and Marty comes out with a new movie, they're going to do that. And that, you know, becomes part of that series. So they have intros for every single series that they do. Um, they've done, you know, all the horror movies and stuff. So, and that's where, that's where I started with now playing. All right. Uh, as far as myself, the show that made me really, really want to get into podcasting isn't so much a show as it's a network run by a couple of friends out of uh, Indiana and Ohio. They, uh, the name of their uh, network is called the Bald Move Network. Uh, yeah. They go by the names of uh, Aaron Hubbard and Jim Jones, and they primarily cover movies and television. And I stumbled upon them when I uh, was on uh, Apple Podcasts, and I just typed in Breaking Bad. This was right before the last run of original episodes was uh, getting ready to come out on air. And I love the fact that not only were these two guys completely relatable, but they were breaking things down scene by scene, shot by shot, and just 
going over everything with a fine tooth comb. And when I first started wanting to do a comic book uh, based podcast, that's what I wanted to do. It, it, it gradually turned into something completely different, which I'm actually kind of proud of. But that was the germ that started everything for me. I, I can't recommend their stuff highly enough. They've got great chemistry. They each bring a great personality to the table. Just go to any search engine when it comes to podcasts. Type in Bald Move. Chances are they're going to be covering a show or a movie that you love. These guys are infinitely listenable. Yeah. Um, also, they do another podcast called Bald Movies. Yes. Um, my criticism yes. about that show is those episodes are not long enough. <laughs> yeah. Because they are so good. It they makes are me wanting more. Amazing. They're these amazing. guys, these guys are seriously my heroes because this, they make their living at podcasting. If I could crack that nut, oh my God, I would be such a happy camper. That would be it's great. A, yeah. Yeah. I can't recommend them highly enough. Same. And I also found Bald Move by typing in Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so, um, and throwing this out, a uh, friend of the show, friend of mine, uh, also a listener of our show, shout out Pialani, Sensei Pialani, who hooked me up with William Christopher Ford for that uh, review for uh, Credit Kid 3. She is friends with Aaron and Jim. Really? Because I, I might I might have to exploit that because there are certain people that I've always wanted to interview on my show. I've I've been lucky enough to get one. I'm working on the second. Jim and Aaron are the third. Question. If I can get all three of those people or at least three of those entities, I can I can say that I clicked off every single box in my podcasting uh, bucket list. Did you ever listen to their Orange is the New Black coverage? Yes. Pialani yes. was on those. Ah. She, when she would be introduced, she would say aloha and introduce herself. I might have to pull that trigger one of these days. So it's funny that uh, I first heard Pialani on those coverages, and then her and I ended up becoming friends, and we have worked together on uh, uh, on a yeah. number of episodes. Yeah, seriously, if uh, I, I can't say this highly enough. If you guys take one thing away from this episode, go check out Bald Move. They're amazing. Yeah, well, they don't know who we are. We obviously no, know who they no. are. And, uh, you know, it's a great show, obviously. Uh, I Tom, I, I'm speaking, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel they're, the, the way they cover their show may have influenced the way we do our coverage of Cobra I Kai. I think so. I yeah. think so. Yeah, yeah, I think that's very fair to say. Because uh, I have heard some criticism, um, not about our coverage of Cobra Kai in particular, but more so about me as a host, that I, quote unquote, don't bring like enough energy, like I'm kind of monotone or whatever. I go, you, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of like trying to be as analytical as I can, and I don't know how I can really do that with a lot of energy. You know what I mean? Like, I this is, this is just the way I am. I, I was going to say, I mean... I... That's actually one of the things I love about the shows that I'm uh, in, involved with. Uh, I, I've uh, got a lot of friends who have various podcasts, and what you hear on air is not what they're like in real life at all. Peter and I, this, this is this is who we are. Mm -hmm. You know, for better or worse, this is Peter. I'm Tom. Oh, I thought I was okay. I got you. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm kidding. Just trying to be <laughs> funny, but yeah, I I feel. The way we are on the show is pretty close to who we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty close to who we are in real life. I'm gonna have my moments where you're like, "Wow, you know what? 
I didn't know Peter was like that. And but that's well, that's, yeah. That's... I mean, I, I'm always discovering things about you. I, I just discovered your love of bald move, and that just made me feel that much chummier to you. Yeah. Well, this this is how we would be if you met us out in a public setting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've always described the, the best podcasts are the conversations that you would hear from the other end of the bar. Yeah. I mean, I'm. This isn't like me when I'm at home with my family. Obviously. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I speak a little bit more loosely and 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 all of that. Uh, I do try to maintain like a professional. You're better with words. Help help me out here. I mean, I try to sound well, like a like a professional persona. Yeah, you know, and and because I I want people to like the show. You know, I don't want them to be like, oh, that dummy who's unprofessional on that, that you know that that podcast. So obviously, yeah. yeah. So so we are a little bit. My my approach is, I am who I am. I, I I keep things separate. I don't mention my wife by name. I don't mention where I work or what I do. Other than that, I'm a complete well. Anything that would affect uh like the lives or privacy of those I care about, I I keep that off limits. Anything else, I'm a complete open book. Well, Tom, you're a superhero. You know, you, you keep the mask <laughs> on and you want to protect the ones that you love, right? That's that's how it works. Fair enough. That's how Fair it enough. works. All right. So let's see here. All right, I'm looking forward to this question. This is from Brianna D. Ah, would Tom be interested in an on-air debate on the virtues of our boys with a Daniel fan? Yes. Yes, I would. Just because uh, yesterday I went back and rewatched the first two episodes of Cobra Kai, uh, the first time in a long, long time, and I can't help but walk out of those episodes and think that Daniel... Is infinitely punchable. <laughs> infinitely. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys can continue this debate <laughs> in our group. We're going to move it along. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, we are going to move along because I feel like that can go on forever. <laughs> Thus, right. he's yeah. infinitely punchable. Yeah, yeah. We'll leave it at that. And I wonder if that could be a T-shirt. You know, uh, um, Cobra Kai, Mom, Mandy. You know, I, I don't know yeah, if you yeah. make that, but uh, there, there's a thought for you for sure. The next one comes from Rick, the Meme Machine. Okay, what's the best beer you ever drank while on a date? Like the beer was so much better than the date that you just wanted some alone time with the beer. Combining Peter's crush comment and Tom's beer comment, this is a question I came up with. LOL. Oh, this is tough. This is tough. So let um I, I I read it, so let me go ahead and jump in first while you think about this. Now, I have not been on a date uh in uh okay. So I have been with my wife going on seventeen years. So before her, I was underage and could not drink. So okay. so I cannot answer the question in that. Uh, I don't know if this comes up in terms of like favorite beer. I do have a couple beers that I'll, I I, I want to throw out that uh, I do enjoy. Uh, Drop Top. Have you he- heard of Drop Top? No, no, I haven't. Okay, I am a, fa- a fan of that. That is very uh, comparable to a fat tire. Okay. Have yeah. you, you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, uh, Drop Top is like a fat tire and a Hefeweizen. Okay. Those, okay. So those are those are my two favorites. In terms of Crush, I think. I think he might have gotten that from when I was like, you guys can ask us about anything, pop culture, childhood crushes. I I, I have a lot to mention, <laughs> you know. Um, 
that's the thing. I was like single digits and just crushing on everybody on TV. Uh, Stephanie Tanner, Topanga, Laura Winslow, uh, Kelly Kapowski. Too much to name, so I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I did have a lot of childhood crushes. All right. Uh, now, here's the other thing. I have uh, been lucky enough to say that I have not only married my high school sweetheart, but she's my first, my only, my forever. Uh, I've been with her since uh, 1995. Woo! Yeah. And so I've been on a lot of dates with her. If um, I had to narrow down one time that I could say that the beer was better than the company... I, I don't even want to say that because I always love spending time with my wife, but I was overwhelmed when I went to the motherland of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and had a private tour of the Founders Brewery, where not only did I get to sample some very, very rare beers, such as uh, the Mackinac Island Fudge Donkey Stout uh, uh, Porter, uh, which was also barrel-aged, by the way. Uh, but I also had a chance to see the production facility. Uh, I had a chance to uh, taste things from a, a nitrous tap. Uh, and that was uh, fairly amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's going to have to be a, a, a wimpy multiple-choice answer again. But that was that was pretty – that was an, an amazing day. That sounds uh, like a pretty good experience, yeah. As far as childhood crushes, the first one that always springs to my mind is, and this is going to, I'll admit this is an oddball choice, uh, but Jane Seymour. Oh, and I'm not talking, yeah. I'm not talking uh, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman era Jane Seymour, even though she is still completely gorgeous in that, uh, that phase of her career as she is today. I'm talking like uh, early to mid 80s Jane Seymour where she just seemed completely sophisticated she seemed like a, a porcelain doll who i mean she's just very smart and it, it could just be the the accent uh but very very gorgeous woman oh yeah um i know her more recently i mean i was familiar with dr quinn medicine woman but wasn't she in wedding crashers she was where she the movie i always Kitty think Cat. of <laughs> yes. The the movie I always think of is uh, a cult movie called Somewhere in Time. It was actually filmed maybe about four hours north of where I'm at right now. Christopher uh, Reed? Yes. Yeah. It was, uh, oh, we've talked about this movie. Uh, uh, it's a science fiction time travel story. She plays uh, old, like, vaudevillian actress. That's what I always think of when I think of Jane Seymour, is that movie in particular. Very nice. All right, Shannon L., friend of the show, uh, met her in person. Um, she says, Peter and Tom, what are your favorite scary movies? Or, if you don't have one, what was the one movie that freaked you out as a kid? Also, if the both of you could be BFFs with one of the original Cobra Kai boys, who would it be and why? Um, let's see, favorite scary movies. Uh, I'll name a couple franchises that I really enjoy. Uh, I love the Scream movies, um, the first four. I, I guess there's only four. I, I, I love all four movies. Uh, three probably my least favorite. Um, and also, this one is going to be a surprise, but or maybe not if you listen to some of our shows, but um, 
the uh, Child's Play series, and I I only like the first three movies, and I still haven't seen all of them. I, I know there's like one, one or maybe two that are kind of recent in the last few years, but uh, the first three I love all three. So um, that was one that I would watch like on USA, you know, like during Halloween or something, because mm-hmm. it's it's censored and you know, it, and I, I don't find those particularly scary. I just enjoy them. Um, and this wouldn't be a horror movie per se, but it's a, definitely a thriller that I really love. Uh, is uh, the Frighteners with Michael J. Fox? Oh yeah, yeah, the old uh, Peter Jackson movie. Peter Jackson before he was uh, Lord of the Rings. Peter Jackson. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So that that is one of my favorites of all time. Uh, that's one of my early movie reviews uh, when I f- first started podcasting with my son Phoenix. So. Um, I don't know if I want to recommend people going back because you know how it is, right? When we're like, oh, well, the first 50 episodes we did were a little rough, you know, because we we're just kind of getting into our own. But, um, you know, that whole cliche. But uh, The Frighteners is one of my favorite go-tos. That that movie I do love. And to answer uh, BFFs with Cobra Kai Boys, I know this is a loaded question because she is a huge fan of Tommy, uh, played by Rob Garrison. But I'm going to have to say... Probably Bobby, just because, you know, I feel it's very generic to say, but um, just the fact that he was the one, you know, the conscience uh, of, of, or the the good guy of the Cobra Kais, that's the one I'd probably be more BFFs with, uh, because I couldn't see myself being an actual bully and, and picking on other people. All right, now, is there a particular scary movie that freaked you out as a kid? Freaked me out. I I can't really say. Um, I feel Candyman. I don't know if I've ever watched any of those all the way through, and I feel there's at least two of them. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I I'd never sat there and try to watch like an entire movie if I felt like it was gonna scare me. And I'm I'm sure there's a lot of those, but not one in particular. No. Okay. Uh, with me, this is a this is another tough one just because I have kind of a, a love hate relationship when it comes to the horror genre, the, the diamonds in the rough shine brightly, but that's only because the rest of them are just so dull and kind of lifeless. Uh, I mean, the original Texas chainsaw massacre, I think is still a very, very effective movie as, and this is one where I know that Peter and I are going to disagree on the the original Halloween. I think is still a phenomenal movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Thing is is great. Uh, the original Psycho is masterful. Oh, I love Psycho. Uh, I mean, uh, The Exorcist is just. I mean, but these are all completely different movies that get completely different reactions out of me. Um, as far as movies that creeped me out as a, a, a child. I've never really truly been scared by anything that falls in the realm of supernatural. Yeah, I, I get a kick out of Evil Dead movies. I, I love the Exorcist movies and all of that, but to me, that isn't scary because I can't imagine that really happening. The movie that, to this day, I can't watch just because I, when I saw it as a freshman in high school, it creeped the ever living hell out of me was Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. And and, and the reason why I, I can't watch that is because the way it was presented just felt too realistic. He was too casual in his actions. And to me, that just made it so much more disturbing. And that that's the stuff that really, really 
creeps me out. The, the real life monsters are so much worse than anything that Hollywood can dream up. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I remember watching that in high school. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I just remember seeing the cover box, and I've always said this, but I, I'm always you know down for like a, a good scare. But I think I might have watched it because I you know I don't remember why. Um, you know, I decided to watch it. I remember it, but... it was just on Cinemax one late Friday night, and it just, ugh. Oh, yeah. I felt that it's one of those movies where you watch it and you feel the need to to take a shower afterward. I, I actually rented it um, you know, from Blockbuster. I It might have been, you know, I was just kind of intrigued by the cover box. I'm like, huh, serial killer, this, this looks realistic. And, you know, and I don't remember what my, my thoughts were. I don't know if I, you know, would go back and rewatch it, but I, I do remember watching it in high school. Yeah, and I'm sure that if I were to watch it again, which isn't going to happen, it, it would seem kind of tame and mundane compared to a lot of the other stuff that's out there, but it was very, very effective at the time. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, BFFs with a Cobra Kai boy? Uh, does it have to be a boy? Well, uh, one of the original, and I think they were all boys. <laughs> well, could I go with Crease? Because I, I would want to be the guy that kisses ass in Curry's favor. Uh, sure, if you want to answer it that way, okay. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah. not? Why you not? know what? If if I can get out of the toilet detail, that's worth it. All right. Okay. Next one uh, is for you. All right. What are your favorite music scores from the Karate Kid movies and Cobra Kai, and songs that were in the movies? That comes from uh, Janet H. Yes. Um. I I still think Bill Conti's score for the original is. One of at least the top twenty-five, and I don't mean to sound you know like twenty-five is only you know pretty low. I'm talking about in all movies, it's got to be in the top twenty-five of film scores that I can think of. Uh, as far as songs that were in the original movies or in uh, the Cobra Kai series, it, I I don't think that they had any actual songs in there, but they definitely referenced the heck out of Guns and Roses. I I, I love. Love, love, love Guns N' Roses. Yeah, uh, for me, let's see, the favorite music scores um, of the Bill Conti stuff, I like anything with the flutes, usually, you know, um, with the scene with Miyagi. That's why it's in uh, our intro. So that theme, whatever that's called, uh, the ones with the flutes. Uh, Cobra Kai, like, I, I love all the songs in there. Um, but from the movies, I'll name a song from each movie. Uh, just the ones that stick out to me are the ones that I love. Uh, the first movie, I'm going to go with, um, you know, The Commuter's Young Hearts because it, it was also used in Cobra Kai, uh, but is, I feel, was an underrated song until Cobra Kai reused it. Um, part two, Gotta Go With Glory of Love by Peter Gabriel. Or is it, yeah, Peter Gabriel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, almost, That was a big hit, by Yeah, the way. I almost thought it was Satara for a second, but... Um, no, 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 you're right, yeah, it, it is, was Peter yeah, Satara. Peter Satara, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the two Peters, you know, Peter's a great name. Uh, and also <laughs> the third movie, uh, I don't remember anything by title, so I'll skip that. But the next Karate Kid, the song that stuck out to me in that one was the Cranberries, uh, the song Dream. Oh, yeah. Anything by the Cranberries yeah. was vastly underrated from that period, if you ask me. Yeah. And that song was used in multitude of movies uh, back mm-hmm. in the 90s. All right. The next one comes from, you know what? I'll let you read that one. All right. <laughs> Dang, because this is this is probably going to be the toughest one. Between uh, this is from Brianna D. Between Jake and Tom, which one is Pinky, 
And which one is the brain? And Tom, before you answer, Jake isn't here. And he maybe he doesn't listen to I this know, episode. <laughs> I, I know that, but I, I I hate saying this because I feel like it downplays Jake's role. But I, I, Jake will be the first one to say that I do the heavy lifting. I do the... Uh, the editing, I do the posting, I do the, uh, uh, I, I reach out to various people for interviews uh, and all of that, but it would not be the same show without Jake. Jake, in my opinion, is the funny one, even though he's going to say the same thing about me. I, oh man, I I, I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine doing Jake and Tom Conquer the World without Jake, just like I mean, I've actually had this conversation with uh, Peter through text messages. I don't want to do anything Cobra Kai related without Peter because that's not the show that I signed up for. Yeah. Yeah. Your show would just be Tom trying to conquer the world. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you think we're feeling miserably now, just wait until you see what I'm like on my own. (laughs) No, you you are too uh, modest and whatever about your show like like we joked on the the karate kid uh the fantasy draft the, the karate team where mm. you're like oh this little show and we're like tom you need to talk up more to your you know your show if you want people to listen I, to it I, i'm proud I, I i am proud of it i've done more with it and accomplished way way more things with it than i ever thought possible but at the end of the day I, i'm just tom but I, I i can't stress it enough without jake it wouldn't be the show that it is right now. And without Jake, I would not do the show, period. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Very good answer. And uh, that was for you. So uh, the next one, I guess this this works out because this one's for me now. Uh, this comes from the meme machine, Rick. Peter, would you mind discussing your military service? I don't have a specific question, just anything you would like to share about it. Uh, I'll keep this, uh, I guess. All right, real, real quick. Yeah. Can I just kind of inter- interrupt real quick uh, to say, you know, on behalf of uh, everybody uh, in the U.S., thank you for your service. Not only because it's a, a selfless and a brave thing that you did, but you're preventing people like me from getting drafted. And that would just be bad for me and everybody around me. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a bad shot is what you're saying. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, why not? Because I, I find you very brave. Uh, well, <laughs> this is my go-to response to any time somebody thanks me for my service. I always say it's an honor to serve or to have served. Um, you know, I appreciated my 10 years of service in the Army. Uh, I have been to Afghanistan. Um, I also helped out with the Hurricane Katrina relief uh, back in, gosh, it must have been 2005, I feel. It's, it's been a long time. Um uh, so yeah, I, I have, you know, I had to leave my family uh, a number of times and it was getting hard on them. And that's why I got out only halfway through. Otherwise, I, I would have stayed in almost, you know, another 10 to get my 20. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's nothing that I regretted. I knew why I enlisted. And when I enlisted, 9-11 didn't even happen yet. Matter of fact, 9-11 happened when I was in basic training, so there was no getting out of it then. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I had joined it for uh, reasons, um, you know, that I don't I don't need to share, but it uh, ended up working out for me, and, and I had a good time. So, You're here. Yeah, and I made a lot of uh, great friends that I'm still friends with today uh, also. You know, it, it, it's cliche to say, but it is, you know, couldn't be any truer that it, you really, um, you know, you really make your... 
uh, I'm not trying to think of an actual expression. I'm just trying to explain this. But um, the guys that I served with, um, I still have remained best friends with today. But the guys I went through basic and uh, AIT with, you know, those guys, I can pick up the phone and we can talk like, you know, years hadn't even pe- been passed yet. So there really is that camaraderie. All right. Uh, this is from our good friend, Amy D. Outside of uh, Karate Kid and Cobra Kai, what are your favorite sports movies? Favorite teams, if any? I know Peter's a Portland fan, but any others? Uh, favorite sports movies? Uh, they aren't really about sports as much as they're about individuals. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I I, I find uh, the career of Robert De Niro endlessly fascinating and uh, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend a movie from 1980 called Raging Bull. Uh, he plays just an absolute despicable, despicable person who had uh, immense success in- inside the boxing ring, but he was just a just a piece of trash outside of it. And, and it was all based on, you know, real life people to make it kind of even more interesting. I, I, I kind of got to give that movie the edge over Rocky just because it was based on real people. Uh, other than that, uh, I, I'm a, a, a hockey fan, so I highly encourage people to check out uh, the Disney movie that came out maybe about 15 years ago called uh, Miracle about the, uh, again, 1980 uh, U.S. Olympic hockey team that... Uh, you know, basically beat all the odds and won the gold medal. Uh, and, and, you know, not only that, but they they were the ones to take out uh, the elite Russian uh, state-sponsored hockey team. God, that's a great, great movie. movie. I can't believe it's Phenomenal been that long. movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kurt Russell. Um, as far as uh, favorite teams, it's kind of rough right now because we are in the middle of, and I quote, a uh, transition period. But uh, I will always, always, always be loyal to my beloved Detroit Red Wings. Uh, One of the best days of my life was uh, the victory parade for the 2008 Stanley Cup. I was uh, located right outside of Hockey Town Cafe. I got to see all of my uh, sports heroes drive by from... You know, Scotty Bowman to Steve Eiserman to Mike Babcock to Zetterberg Lindstrom. Just, uh, it was such an amazing day. And uh, there were literally more attendees at, the, at that parade than there were people who resided in the city of Detroit. All there to celebrate one thing. It was it was pretty amazing. Uh, and again, right now they're in uh, they're in some trouble franchise wise. But I this this is when you find out if you're really a fan, if you're willing to stick by your team in the bad times and not just the good times. Uh, so I was kind of long winded on that, uh, Peter. What about yourself? Uh, favorite sports movies, favorite franchises. Uh, let's see, favorite uh, sports movies. Uh, my go-tos, and these sound a little generic, but uh, remember the Titans. You know, I mentioned great movie. Yeah, you know, there's if it's generic, it's because it's it's a great movie. Yeah, a lot of people love it. I I understand that these movies are all dramatized, but yeah, you you want to make it entertaining. Uh, but I love Denzel Washington, as I had previously mentioned, and I think he's great in that movie. I uh, love the soundtrack uh, of that movie as well. A lot of great songs yeah. because it takes place in the seventies. Uh, so remember the Titans, and then the basketball equivalent to that would be Glory Road, uh, which has uh, Josh Lucas in it. 
Um, that movie I also very uh, very much enjoy with my son, uh, who is now 18. Uh, and that's one that we grew up, or he grew up watching with me. Uh, so I like those, you know, usually about races, you know, where, um, you know, that the blacks have to kind of overcome racism and, and all that. And they uh, most of the time come out on top at, at the very end. Um, so those are my two uh, sports movies. And since you mentioned hockey, I'll throw in the Mighty Ducks. Uh, I love <laughs> I love one and three. Two is fine. Two is a, oh, I thought you were talking about the the actual hockey team out of Anaheim. Okay, okay, oh. okay. <laughs> I I didn't know that was a thing, but uh, the Mighty Ducks, uh, the movie with a uh, you know Gordon Bombay played by Emilio Estevez. Uh, I love one and three. Um, if anybody says they love part two, please go back and watch all three of them, and you'll <laughs> two is the lesser one. And I know this because I reviewed all three of them, but the very first uh uh. Mighty Ducks movie, I interviewed Aaron Schwartz, who played Dave Carp, number 11, from that first movie, too. So, um, one and three, and I honestly, uh, I'll go ahead and tease it now, three is my favorite of of the trilogy. And you'll have to just listen as to why, you know, because I watched them one, two, three in order. Three, I, I felt like they took cues from the previous two movies and did things better in that third movie. And yeah, just go back and watch those if, if you do like those movies. I had a really big debate with a lot of people saying that two was better, and I go, is it really? Go back and rewatch it. <laughs> um, favorite franchises? I'll leave it at the Portland Trailblazers because I can. Confident- hey, we're both homers. Yeah, we are. Well, yes, we, we absolutely. But they're a team where I watch uh, just about every single game. Unless I have a recording on, or um, if I have one recorded and then somehow I find out it's a blowout, probably not going to watch that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they lost in a blowout, I'm not probably going to skip that. But for the most part, I watch most of the games. I go to a lot of the games. Uh, and just because regional Seahawks and the Oregon Ducks, but I'm casual fans of those teams. But Portland Blazers, that's my shit. There you go. The next one comes, oh, uh, Amy D asks again, uh, and let's see, she's got Batman versus Iron Man, Captain America versus Superman, Thor versus Wonder Woman, and Flash versus Quicksilver. Ooh. This is where I wish we had Jake. Peter, you read that. Why don't you go first, sir? Okay. uh, Between Batman and Iron Man, I'm going to go with... uh, that's that's a real tough one because uh, they're both rich. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Iron Man on that one just because of the suit. Take away the suit, Batman's the better character, you know. Um, Captain America versus Superman. I am fans of both. Uh, Captain America is my Superman for Marvel. Superman's my Superman for DC. So that's a tough one. But Superman. Probably only because he can fly. He's got the you know eye laser, so he's got a little bit more than Captain America. But I, I think he's got a e- lot more. He's got a lot more, but I think they're equally strong. But I still think Superman wins. Um, Thor versus Wonder Woman, probably. This, this God, that's a tough one. That's a really tough one. I mean, does Thor have Mjolnir? You know, does Wonder Woman is she using? Does she have the lasso? Does she have or? the lasso? Is he tied up in the lasso? I think I'm just going to give it to Wonder Woman. You don't need an explanation. Uh, Flash versus Quicksilver. Flash. Which Flash though? Um, is it is it Jay Garrick 
Barry Ugh. Allen, Wally West, <sighs> yeah. Bart Allen. I'm just going to go with the OG Barry Allen. Um, no, I no, no. OG is Jay Garrick. Oh, sir. is it really? Okay. Hey, yes. hey. That, that's why that's why you do Jake and Tom Conquer <laughs> the World. Okay. All right. My OG, the reason I went with Barry Allen is because my first introduction to uh, Flash was Barry Allen, the 1990s TV show. Yeah. So that's, right. that's who I thought was OG. I don't know oh. the comics. I'm not a comic book guy. Uh, I did, however, start the the Pod Flash, which was a Flash um, uh, podcast. Me and my brother, we were doing it. And I think we, we stopped after like seven or eight episodes because he wasn't able to do it anymore. But I felt we were actually gaining some traction there because like Cobra Kai, you know, we were like one of the first early Flash uh, podcasts. Hmm. All right. As far as myself, this is tough. Um, but I think you and I are on the same page, just at different paragraphs. Actually, uh, Batman versus Iron Man. You kind of hit the nail on the head. You take away the suit, and Tony Stark is just a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's rich. Yeah, he's really smart, but he's just a guy. Batman, on the other hand, was abroad for more than twelve years studying from the best detectives in the world the best you know hand-to-hand combatants the best escape artists the best tacticians i i know how batman would defeat iron man all he would have to do is figure out a way to hack into the operating system of the suit upload a virus to it and iron man becomes a statue at best you know i don't see how that's really really a fight Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as Captain America versus Superman, I'm agreeing with you. Uh, I, I love me some Captain America. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, Superman has the advantage of being able to uh, fly up, shoot down some lasers, and turn Captain America into cinders. Though I don't think he would do that. I think he would probably just figure out a way to quickly construct a, a way to... to encapsulate him so that he can't escape these two would have a civil conversation and not fight. yes yes <laughs> they would they would work their differences out over a, cu- a cup of milk yeah yeah uh, I can see that. as f- far as thor versus wonder woman i'm i'm gonna give this one to thor just because those two characters i think might be the most evenly matched out of all of these yeah however i i think molinar is a more powerful weapon compared to anything that uh diana would bring to the table mm-hmm. flash versus Quicksilver, I, I have to admit, I don't know a lot about Quicksilver. Uh, just basically what I've seen in the comic book, well, in, in the, the cartoons and in the movies. So by default, I'm going to have to go with uh, Flash? Question mark? Okay. All right. That's fair. Uh, next one to you. Again, this is Amy D. And Amy, I love the fact that you're bringing a lot of superheroes into this. Uh, best Batman movie. We have so many. Best Robin. And actually, uh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, you have Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, and if you say Damian Wayne, I'll stop listening to the show. Well, it's not Damian Wayne. You'll be happy to know. Um, with me, Best Robin is always going to be Dick Grayson because he is the person that I always kind of pictured Bruce Wayne wishing that he could be. He's somebody who is able to use all of these skills that he is learning but he's also able to kind of get over the traumas of his past and he's a better person uh for a short time and it was too short in my opinion he actually uh was batman and in my opinion uh in a lot of ways he was a better batman than bruce wayne 
because he had that intellectual skill. He had the uh, the physical capabilities of Bruce Wayne, but he also had the compassion of somebody who is a, not only a survivor, but somebody who has overcome great trauma that Bruce Wayne never really overcame. So I'm, I'm always going to go with Dick Grayson. Uh, as far as uh, best Batman movies, that's an easy one. The Dark Knight. Uh, just because uh, there's so much to kind of sink your teeth into in that movie. I mean, yeah, on the surface, it's just a standard superhero movie, bad guy versus good guy. But I, I kind of get the feeling that uh, there's a lot more subtext that, you know, I'm not going to get into just because we're already at an hour uh, that uh, that Christopher Nolan was planting in there that he wanted audiences to kind of discuss and debate and think about that you don't really get in a lot of movies, regardless of uh, character or uh, genre. Yeah, uh, I'm going to keep these all really short. You are much versed in the comic book world. Um, I'm going to start with the uh, best Batman movie. Okay, so I'm going to go with something different just to be different, but just to touch on The Dark Knight. I think that's a brilliant movie, first and foremost. Secondly, I think it's also a great crime movie. I'm going to... Yeah, it felt more like something that Michael Mann would make. You know, it felt like heat with weird outfit decisions. So so I'll remove like the superhero tagline from that movie. I think The Dark Knight is a brilliant movie, great crime drama. Um, But superhero, like your your traditional superhero type movie, I'm going to go with Best Batman is 1989 Batman. Uh, I just love the t- the world that Tim Burton created for that movie. Um, yeah, and I'm glad you used that phrase. He really definitely encapsulated that that world. It was it's pretty amazing. It is. You know, go back and rewatch it, and you're just like, God, what year is this supposed to take place in? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like the, for, the way they dress, but then they you got like these modern technology and and all that stuff. But uh, I do love that. I love the the Danny Elfman's um, you know score to to that movie as well. Uh, but you know, you can't deny you know how the level of I hate to keep using this word, but gravitas that Heath Ledger brought to that Joker as well. Him and Jack Nicholson played it differently. They're both great in their own ways. Um, so it's kind of like a push for me. But I had to strip Dark Knight of the superhero thing in order to kind of answer my question. Mm-hmm. And, and real quick, I just want to give uh, some shout-outs to other movies that I don't think really get the credit that they deserve. Uh, one is Mask of the Phantasm, the animated that movie that came out in the early 90s uh, that was a spinoff of the original animated series. It's it's just a phenomenal story. It's one of those uh, instances where they actually take uh, the skeleton of a story from the comic books and improve upon it. And the other thing that I think uh, really is kind of unfairly maligned these days is Ben Affleck's portrayal in uh, BVS. He really kind of uh, brought a lot of uh, weight to that role as, uh, I mean, his interpretation of Batman is as somebody who is clearly trying to get over trauma. Uh, And uh, I, I thought, I mean, say what you will about the movie as a whole, but I thought Ben Affleck was just an amazing Batman. Yeah, he was fine. I, th- I, th- I thought he was fine. I I, I don't have Fair any. Enough. Yeah, I don't have Fair any enough. opinions. Uh, I'm I'm always gonna be like, oh, Michael Keaton's my Batman. Fair enough. You know, enough. um, Michael Keaton's my Batman. Christian Slater's probably my Bruce Wayne. You there know? you go. Uh, Val Kilmer's my Batman voice. <laughs> I don't know. I'll just throw that in at the end. Um, in terms of best Robin, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go with Dick Grayson because uh, obviously. 
correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Tom, uh, but that's the OG Robin, right? Yes, okay. absolutely. All right. So, you know, I didn't grow up on the, the 1960s Batman, but I saw a lot of it growing up. But also, there's this fan uh, fan trailer that came out decades ago called Grayson. And I I thought it was like the coolest thing ever that I wish that was real. Tom, are you mm-hmm. familiar? I remember yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- that was also, again, Dick Grayson. So I, I loved that version of it, and I just wish that became a movie. Um, all right, so we will move on. All right, Amy continues with more comics. Uh, she says favorite books or, uh, or I guess, and also favorite comics. Um, I don't read a lot of them. I own a lot of the Back to the Future comics. Uh, I've only read the first issue, uh, but my I, I own a couple graphic novels. Uh, one of them is like DC's uh, Kingdom Come. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that one. That's the only one that comes to mind right now. So I'll, that's what I'll say for favorite comics. In terms of favorite books, I'll, I'll probably have to come back to this. So, Tom, I'm sure you have a couple of answers you can go through right now. All right. Uh, one of my favorite books is called Hammer of the Gods. It's kind of a biopic on Led Zeppelin where uh, it's not an authorized biography. So they get into the nitty gritty details that uh, they may not really want you to, to learn about. But it just kind of gives you the inner workings of one of the biggest rock bands of all time. Uh, as far as favorite comic books, um, yeah, I mean, I could say, uh, the, the stereotypical, oh, you gotta watch, you read Watchmen, you gotta read, uh, Dark Knight Returns and Sandman and all that. Uh, I, I don't want to say that just because that's always the go-to answer. Um, if I were to sit somebody down who is interested in superheroes, but has never read a comic book, I would probably hand them a book by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely called uh, All-Star Superman. Basically, uh, Superman, let's face it, has the reputation of being outdated and kind of hammy and cheesy these days. And I get it. I get it. I get it. This is the book that I would kind of hand to the people who have that point of view as the antidote to that. It boils Superman down to why he is so great, why he's such an interesting character. He is somebody who was... Basically, yeah, he has all these great powers, but at the end of the day, he's just a small-town farm boy who's trying to do the right thing. And he has these amazing supporting characters that surround him. And it's basically what happens when he finds out he's mortal after all and he is going to die. What does he do to tie up all of those loose ends? The, The story is compelling. The artwork is gorgeous. It has some of my most favorite moments in, in, in all of comic books, and I can't recommend that book highly enough. Okay, so for my book, I can't say that I've read a lot of books. Um, I'm actually what I'm gonna do is kind of cheat a little bit. This this isn't like my favorite book, but this book was very impressionable on me uh, when I was a lot younger, and I'm gonna tie this in with an upcoming. Uh, question too so i'm gonna go ahead and add this question but uh my answer for book is the outsiders right that had um good choice yeah that that had a big impression on me in middle school Uh, so the question from janet h was the outsiders is a beautiful movie have you seen that uh i read the book in middle school obviously watched the movie uh in the same class i i too think it's a beautiful movie and i i love the um what was it called? Um, the the novel or whatever. There, there was mm-hmm. another version that came out after where they inserted some deleted scenes and also added some different songs to 
the the soundtrack. So I that version I enjoy. I, I think it's called the complete novel. I think it's Outsiders: A Complete Novel, which is the book or something, uh, or, which is the movie. Oh gosh, I'm messing this up. So this this book has such an impression on me that um, later on in high school. I would have the idea, and this became like nothing became of this, but I had the idea to turn The Outsiders into a military movie. I would rename it The O Squad, okay, just to kind of change the title a little bit and explain that everybody's real names are actually their nicknames given to them in the military. The Greasers and the Soches would actually be two different types of military branches that are at odds. Uh, you know, they get into a fight and stuff like that, and it'd still be about camaraderie and, and all that between uh, amongst your own clique. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, it would definitely be a, a really cool exercise. Yeah. So it'd be a little remake. So I've always been fascinated uh, with doing things like that. All right. So this next one is from Shannon L. If you could be trapped in any movie universe for 48 hours, excluding Back to the Future, Cobra Kai, and Karate Kid, which would you pick? Huh. That's an interesting one because, I mean, when you think about it, all of the uh, superhero movie, action movies, and sci-fi movies, you got to figure that there's a lot of collateral damage in all of those stories where you, you don't really see it, but you know that every time a building comes down, there's there's people in those buildings. And I don't want to risk that, so I think I'm going to go ahead and play it safe and say uh, I, I, I will be uh, in just some kind of safe, random, nondescript drama. Okay. Because um, I don't want to die in those 48 hours. <laughs> well, uh, I have the solution to to your uh, concern here, and I have the, the perfect movie because this has kind of come up in uh, f- uh, film Twitter and other discussions alike, but I wouldn't be mind-trapped in uh, Groundhog Day. Now, would you be Bill Murray's character, or would you be somebody who is uh, in the background? I'd be Bill Murray's character because if you die, you come back again. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, uh, but obviously, that's like I don't remember what uh, IMDb says, like how long he was trapped in that universe, but it's a long time. But um, that's where you get to hone all different types of skills and and all that good stuff. So that'd be kind of cool. And the next question comes from Amy D. What's the funniest or weirdest thing said on the podcast you couldn't play for us? Um, I don't think we haven't, have we had anything where we've really had to censor ourselves? I don't think so. Uh, however, Tom, I don't know how many of the episodes you go back and actually listen to. Uh, mm-hmm. do you remember when we did the, the last Q&A episode and, um, I went on a rant, uh, about Crazy Rich Asians and how, you know, what some people oh, thought yeah. about it? Yeah, well, I took that out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't think it was like weird. I didn't think it was like the funniest thing. Why I took it out? I felt it was unnecessary and it wasn't Cobra Kai related. You know, I'm sure we segmented into that somehow via Cobra yeah. Kai, but um, I didn't think the listeners needed to hear me kind of bitch. You know, for like three or four minutes. <laughs> I don't think it was honestly, that long, but it was kind of long. Uh, because honestly, though, I can't think of anything else though that. I mean, nothing crazy or weird, at least, I mean, I'm the type of person that when I'm editing, I always use everything, whether I turn it into a clip show or whether I have it as like a post-podcast stinger, 
I mean, I can't think of anything that I took out because it was just weird. Yeah, I can't think of weird, but I mean, there are things that I take out just because I'm like, you know, we don't, we didn't need that part. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I'll take stuff out for pacing reasons. Oh okay, yeah. So that's what it is for me. I wouldn't call it weird, but for pacing, I I take uh, stuff out. And again, you guys missed out on my crazy rich agents rant um, because it got into uh, you know a little bit about. Um, you know, cultures and, you know, I, I didn't, mm. I, I didn't need that on that, uh, on that episode or the show rather. So, um, all right, next one. All right. Amy D again, uh, first fandom crush. And I think that that's, that's specific when she says fandom, I'm talking about, is she talking about like, a from a movie or like a specific type of genre film? See, that's what I was going to ask you. If you had an idea, uh, the way I was taking this or the way I was going to answer this was a crush from like some kind of big property, you know, a fandom. Okay. So um, I was going to exclude like TV shows or like a one off movie. If it was like a okay. franchise or something like huge in pop culture, I would call that fandom. I, th- I think you and I are on the same page, sir. Okay. Uh, do you have one? I do or, indeed. Or did did <laughs> I do indeed? Okay, still do <laughs> a little bit. Okay, little bit. all right. Uh, Kim Basinger from uh, the 1989 Batman, where she was playing Vicky Vale. This is a good one. That's a good I one. I thought that she was just stunning in that role. I just uh, mentioned that that was my favorite Batman movie. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm gonna have to say probably Jennifer Parker from the first Back to the Future. Uh, not Elizabeth Shue, Claudia Wells. You know, she's the OG Jennifer Parker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, you know, and I've never thought of this, which is crazy to even think about. Like, well, that's, yeah, how did I never think about this? But somebody once asked me, why is it not Lorraine? Do you ever think about that, Tom? Like, I think it's because she was presented as somebody's mother throughout yes. that entire movie. Yeah. And if you're of roughly the same age, that I was, and I'm guessing you were when you first watched that, the least attractive thing that you could find in someone's mother is that, I'm, I'm that you could find in, yeah, someone's mother is the fact that they're someone's mother, you know? Right. I mean, I saw the first movie in the late 80s, you know, because it came out in 85. Mm-hmm. I was born in 83, so um, I didn't watch it until I was, you know, gosh, I don't know, six Years old, maybe. Okay, so you were a little, you were a little younger than I was. Uh, yeah, I was eight. I watched it uh, right when it came out on VHS. So we probably watched it about the same time, just uh, you know, slightly different ages. Yeah. Uh, but for me, when I was that age, I liked to role play. Yeah, I, uh, as I think most people did around that age. So I would kind role of play. imagining yourself as the the main uh, character of the movie. Correct. Yeah. So Martin okay, Fly yeah. in this case. I just never thought of Lorraine like that because that's his mother, you know? So Jennifer Parker was the girlfriend. So I always, you know, uh, I was, I, I called Jennifer Parker's phone number on the back of that Save the Clock, uh, clock Tower flyer. Really? I did. did. You get anything? I don't remember. I might have gotten uh. one of those do, 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 the number you're trying to call, you know, like that message, I feel. It's so long ago, and, I don't and remember. Little, little Peter's hopes were crushed. Uh, please reword that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that weird Young or Peters. funny enough, Amy? 
leave that in. All right. I'm, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's see what fandom that you, uh, again, this is from Amy D. What fandom that you like could surprise us? Is there anything that you're a big fan of that, you know, you, people wouldn't assume that you, uh, that you like? Uh, yeah, I, I possibly, maybe, um, now, I was a bigger fan of them when I was a little bit younger. Uh, they mm-hmm. did kind of, um, I don't think they actually ever left. I think people grew out of them. I know my brother has very much been a diehard fan since day one. Uh, there's been variations of them uh, over the years, over the decades. And they, too, themselves found themselves in a kind of a, a reboot that kind of brought them into light for, you know, a newer, younger audience, and that's Power Rangers. A lot of people uh, still love them. Absolutely. A lot of people of all ages love that franchise. Yeah, my brother is going on 32, is, is still like one of the biggest fans in the world, um, and him and I, we, we did the 1995 Power Rangers movie, uh, and also we reviewed the um, the one that came out what 2016 I think it was about that yeah yeah but either way we were, we were both fans of that new one I know a lot of people were like oh it was not good but um, I think maybe we didn't care what they thought because we <laughs> we enjoyed the property so much that we went in with some nostalgia and like we're like hey you know that's cool that they did some different takes on um, you know the different characters that we knew uh, a little bit differently. So I I think, you know, like I don't post things about Power Rangers or whatever, but when I was sitting in that new reboot, I was pretty giddy, you know, because I was like, oh, man, I remember, you know, or I get that reference, you know, and saying things like Very that. Very cool. But, yeah. Very cool. What about you? Uh, Well, Jake always thinks that I love nothing but, you know, highbrow movies that uh, you have to kind of sit and think about and discuss for hours on end afterwards where, you know, everything has to be perfect from the lighting to the direction to the costume design. And uh, it always surprises him when I admit to him that I am a huge fan of Jackass. Okay. Steve-O. I think Steve-O, Steve-O yeah. Johnny Knoxville, you know, all of those guys. Wee uh, Man, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Party uh, Chris Boy. Chris Pontius, uh, Party Boy, yep. yep, yep. yep. Uh, I think uh, Steve-O's from Portland, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that would explain it. <laughs> keep keep uh, keep it weird here, yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, I don't know what it is. I almost look at it like some kind of weird performance art where they're just trying to get reactions from uh, – the the passersby or even the, the people watching on television but there's just something oddly fascinating and say what you will about them highly creative yeah yeah no um my dad was a fan of that <laughs> and uh i remember when 2.0 or i i don't i know there was some sequel with a weird decimal in there or something mm-hmm. and um, my dad like put it on and thought that i'd enjoy it and I, I think they're fine i watched some of the tv shows but at some point i felt like the jokes were getting a little not lame just uncreative at that point you know i think that's fair yeah but when they were in their prime they were pretty damn pretty uh, innovative especially for their day and age oh yeah yeah so um all right very good one didn't know that about you uh, all right. So very good question, Amy. Thanks for that. Uh, the next one comes from the meme machine, Rick. Peter, you always sound so calm, cool, and collected on the podcast. So I'm curious, how loud can you yell? 
you know, better yet, let's ask your 18-year-old son that question. Oh, oh you do not want to ask How him that. How loud can Peter really yell? <laughs> Pretty loud. Um, uh, th- thank you, Rick, for uh, pointing that out. I have been told that before, but um, I also think there's maybe not an expression, but there's a saying that you also got to look out for the quiet ones. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I do have a mean streak. I, I think, you know, many people do, even the ones that you least su- suspect. But I once had a podcast. Uh, I mean, it's it's on a long hiatus right now. It's called We Got Five. So if you want to go check out this episode, I'm trying to remember. Oh, I think we did top five TV shows. Uh, and this is a show based on a top five list. Tom has been on, you know, in, uh, numerous episodes for the wrestling fans. Not enough. Yeah, not, not enough. enough. And Devin, Jake, if you're listening, yeah. the idea I threw out there for a reunion episode slash crossover I was dead serious. That would be a good topic for all four of us to discuss. I think so. I think so. But on, I think that episode, top uh, top five TV shows, um, a listener who's also a friend of the show slash also podcaster, good friend of mine and my co-host, uh, she wrote in and listed her shows. And there was one that she listed and said, I don't expect you guys to know it. And anybody that knows me... I think either assumes or has heard that I was um or am a huge fan of that show. So I I felt so insulted that I really started ranting and I couldn't believe what I had read. <laughs> and my co-host was laughing his ass off. You know, uh R O L M A. I I don't know the abbreviation, but he was doing that. He was getting his best life at that moment uh to hear me rant and Rick to what you're saying. People often say that about me on that show as well. So when they heard me go off, they're like, "Oh my god, this is Sassy Peter. Like we need more Sassy Peter." <laughs> so um again that that podcast is called We Got 5. Plenty of fun episodes on there. Very different from me and Tom in terms of the dynamic. I'm very much more myself there if you want to hear a more unfiltered Peter. Well, a lot of it has to do with your own personal habits, lifestyles, and you know everything from fashion choices to words that you misspell to the right kind of potato chips to serve with a backyard barbecue. So it's it's definitely a much more personality-driven show, which is why I, I really miss it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's very kind of you to say. But it's funny, like some of the things you were saying, I was like, yeah, we did that episode. We did. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm a listener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's funny. Um, but uh, yeah, we need we got to bring that back. But, you know, obviously, Devin has uh, he's suffered a major injury that's um, kind of preventing him to do stuff right now. So but hey, we got five. If you guys want to check that out. Um, In the meantime, hashtag Sassy Peter. <laughs> Uh, by the way, shout out to Make Amy, it a thing, folks. <laughs> shout out to Amy for doing the uh, hashtag in her wits we trust uh, during the Q and A session. She's like, "Why am I the only one doing it?" <laughs> uh, but also shout out to uh, I think it's like Hawks fan nineteen or something on Twitter. My apologies, I'm trying to do it by memory, but uh, he or she was the very first one to news. Uh, hashtag in her which we trust and hashtag Mr. Approachable. So somebody was uh, listening and taking notes. <laughs> very, very interesting. That was that was awesome seeing that. So the next one is from Janet. And this is one that I'm actually looking forward to. Uh, who are your favorite rock bands? 
I like ACDC, Pink Floyd, and Def Leppard. Peter, I'm going to go ahead and let you field that one first, sir. Okay, uh, this one's tough for me uh, because I don't know if I have a favorite rock band um, from like the '80s. You know, I mean, I'm only saying that because like the of uh, the, the bands she's listed. I listen to all types of music first and foremost. Um, I wasn't able to watch MTV growing up, at least not until I was about 12, maybe 13 years old. So prior to that, the only things I was able to listen to were my dad's CDs of music from the 50s all the way through the 80s. So I'm very familiar with James Taylor, The Beatles, The Bee Gees, ABBA, Elvis, who I'm a huge fan of, um, one of the biggest fans out there. Uh, so I'm... You know, I, I've listened to everything in that decade. Everly Brothers, you know, Righteous Brothers. Um, but a more modern rock band, and this isn't like your traditional rock band, but I can confidently say that this band is one of my favorites of all time, and that is Linkin Park. Okay. is that? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, I know it's a little um, rap influenced as well, but they are a rock band, essentially. I mean, all their instruments that they play, the, the guitars and all that, with a little hip hop flavor to it. So um, Linkin Park's my favorite. All right. Uh, as far as myself, I am a classic rock junkie. Uh, my favorite band of all time is the Beatles. Uh, I went so far as to have a half sleeve Beatle tattoo put on my uh, right arm. And for my left arm, pretty soon I'm going to start to work on a Pink Floyd half sleeve. Uh, beyond that, uh, you know, uh, I will listen to anything from the Animals to the Kinks to CCR to Led Zeppelin to... I love CCR. You know, you know what? Oh, yeah. You... Yeah. I but that that might that might be it. That might be it. I love me some CCR. CCR. Amazing, they yeah. are amazing. Uh, oof, they're in their version of "Heard It Through the Grapevine." Mm-hmm. So good, yeah. so good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I will listen to anything from classic soul to grunge to Johnny Cash to Herb Alpert. Um, you know? s- suggestion on a new tattoo, perhaps? Oh, can um. The Sgt. Pepper, you know, that album art, can you put that on your chest? Is that is that a possibility? Perhaps? I already have a Sgt. Pepper uh, uh, tattoo in my half sleeve, so I don't want to be redundant. Okay, what about Yellow Submarine on your chest? I, I already have a Yellow Submarine uh, design in there as well. Look, man, Two of them, I'm, I'm just trying to get you to get a tattoo on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. not going to happen. No, how, no. About, how about Beatles over your ribs, you know? <laughs> Sir, I am very much a Midwestern man. I'll let you fill in the blanks. All right. All right. We'll continue on. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, very hard for me, but once Tom said CCR, you know, light bulb went off, and I'm like, mm, I can listen to their Greatest Hits album over and over. Yes. I might do that tonight, matter of fact. I love me some Suzy Q. Um, okay. The next one, uh, again, comes from uh, Amy D. This one's actually for Tom. What's the perfect beer for Johnny to drink? The perfect beer for Crease. Uh, you know what? If Johnny had continued to be the spoiled rich kid that uh, he was in the first movie, I would say maybe Estella Artois. But uh, I think right now with uh, where he's at in life, I think Coors Banquet is kind of the perfect uh, beer for him. Uh, as far as crease, I, I had to confess, I did sneak a peek at this question, uh, prior to this session and I put a little bit of thought into it. 
Crease is a uh, fairly dark, mysterious, and complex character. Would you agree with that, Peter? Yes. So, I think I may have thought of the perfect beer for him. This is made by Founders out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's uh, won multiple, multiple awards. It's uh, always released in very limited and hard-to-find quantities. And it is called KBS, which stands for Kentucky Breakfast Stout. Uh, This is how they uh, describe it. What we have here is an imperial stout brewed with a massive amount of coffee, oatmeal, and chocolate. Then cave-aged in oak bourbon barrels for an entire year to make sure the wonderful bourbon undertones come through in the finish. It will make your taste buds squeal with delight. So this is a very complex beer. It's a very dark beer. And you have to be on the lookout if you want to be able to catch it. So I think this would be a very good beer for Crease. Hmm. Is it uh, okay? Beer, I gotcha. That, that is your thing, and that's why it's your question. Yes, and coincidentally enough, it is one of my favorite beers. All right. I will have to try it if I ever come across it, sir. If you come across it. If I come White across crease. it. Indeed. It's hard to find. Real quick on the uh, Coors thing. I Actually, I have a picture, which if I remember, I'll share with our group. But I was at Safeway. And they had a 24-pack of the Coors Banquet in the bottles for 23 and some change. Yeah, that sounds about right. Just a little dollar, uh, yeah, about a dollar per. I mean, because you got to think about the deposit as well. But that's Oh, you guys have deposits out there too? We do, yeah, yeah. So, How much uh, is yours? 10 cents. Nice. It yeah, went, I thought yeah, we were the up. only one in the country that had that. But no, nice. no. Yeah, yeah, we have a 10-cent 10, 10 deposit. Now, it, it went up, I think, like last year. Um, ah, yeah, it, it was a nickel, uh, but so a little over a dollar per b- bottle. So that's not bad. No, not at all. All right. So this one, uh, again, from Amy D, mostly for Peter. What's the weirdest job story? I know you've got to have some good ones. Let me see. I I do, but I don't have a whole lot like on the top of my head. And I just kind of keep things short. This is... The first one that popped in because I, I feel like it's kind of a, a trope as well, you know, like in television or in movies. But I have once needed to get a signature for a mail article. And the woman that answered the door, um, she was nude. I, I didn't see her, but she wanted to let me know. That's why she was sticking her head out the way she was. And I was like, okay, here, take the scanner inside and go ahead, sign it and hand it back. So that, that's probably kind of the weird, well, I've been, okay, well, I mean, I guess that's kind of weird. I, I've been catcalled, you know, by women and I've I found that weird. Um, I had one lady who I needed to get a signature from and her friend was asking me questions about myself, my ethnicity and things like that commented on my eyes and the, the her friend was like stop hitting on my mailman <laughs> so wow. I, i've had that uh weird i mean not really but flattering because i um i've never had that and so it's that's kind of weird to me that i get hit on while um uh, i'm working i actually have uh a couple of w- weird stories uh 
two that spring to mind. Uh, when I was 19 years old, I was a, a third key assistant manager for a kitchenware store in uh, the mall. Uh, I'm not going to name the name of the company, even though they've long since uh, gone out of business. But uh, among other things, we would sell knives, which, I mean, not a big deal. You're in, you know, a kitchen supply store. Well, I was in the store by myself one night, and this guy came up to me, and he's like, hey, do you mind if I open up these knives just to kind of check out and see how, te- you know, how sharp they are? And I'm like, well, sir, uh, not only can I get into trouble for that because I, I can't sell them due to health regulations, this is uh, one of our more expensive sets. It's, you know, crafted in Germany and imported. Uh, I got this set at home. I can give you my word. It is one of the best types of knives you will ever get but unfortunately i just can't let you open it i'm sorry he's like well yeah okay that's that's fine i understand so i go about my business and uh next thing i know i hear from behind me the same man screaming bloody murder i look up and he is just bolting out the door and leaving a trail of blood behind him uh, he not only completely ignored me when I, uh, asked him not to open up the knives, but apparently the way that he tested the sharpness was to run his finger across the blade. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Uh, same job, same company, different, uh, location. I, uh, was, uh, again, by myself. That's the way these things always seem to start. And, uh, at the front of the store, there were these huge displays of Tupperware stacked in like five foot tall piles. And I walk up to the store front because I uh, see somebody there. All I see is the top of his head. And he's like, nope, nope, we need a, nope, we need a bigger one. No, no, a bigger one than that. No, we need a big knife. No, we need a big knife. No, a bigger one than that. Finally, I get up to him and I finally see that he's not talking to anyone but himself. I uh, say, sir, is there anything I can help you with? Are you looking for something? And he gets this deer in the headlights look, literally jumps back out of his skin, just looks at me. He's like, nope, nope, just looking. Grabs a candy bar out of his coat pocket, taps the Tupperware three times, and runs. Mm. Now, you don't is that, that a weird work story or is that a <laughs> weird work story? Uh, the latter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, all right then. That is that is weird. You see, Amy, that's what you get for doubting me having weird work stories. Yeah. I've got all. I've got them in spades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, very good, very good. That is weird. If it, that is not only it's weird and crazy, uh, honestly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amy continues with another question: favorite role outside of Karate Kid. Or Cobra Kai characters, and she's talking about uh, William Zapka and Ralph Macchio. Um, I don't know. I feel like these are going to be generic for me to say. Um, and quite honestly, I haven't seen much of uh, Mr. Zapka in, in in anything recently uh, outside of Karate Kid and Cobra Kai. So, I mean, I'd probably have to say like Back to School or just one of the guys, but I haven't seen either of those in a really long time. Um, but with Ralph Macchio, I, I think for me, it's like, I love my cousin Vinny so much and I think everybody's extremely funny and, uh, well, funny and hilarious are the same thing, but, um, I'm going to have to go with that one because I remember watching that and I was like, man, he is nothing like Daniel. And that's why I, I think I really enjoyed him there. 
All right. Um, as far as uh, myself with William Zapka, actually with both of them, uh, the reason why I like them, those guys in the roles so much is they're very small, minor roles, and it doesn't dawn on you until maybe about 30 seconds into the scene exactly who the actors are portraying these characters. But for uh, William Zapka, his cameo in Hot Tub Time Machine I thought was hilarious. Uh, where he was the uh, the football gambler. Do you remember that part of the movie? It. Uh, I only watched it when it first came out. Well, I'll I'll I'll, I'll save you the spoiler in case we ever do a review. But I thought it was hilarious. No, we we're, we're gonna do one for yes, sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then beyond that, uh, with Ralph Macchio, I had the same thing happen when I was watching the first season of The Deuce, where I'm just watching this scene and all of a sudden. Out comes Ralph Macchio completely playing against type because, let's face it, he kind of has the reputation of being Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. Wholesome, the guy that you would trust with your grandmother. And here he is playing kind of a seedy cop in 1970s uh, New York. I hear so you. I, I, thought, I, thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool to see him uh, in a completely different type of environment. All right. Very good. All right. Uh, the next one is actually from uh, Rick, 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 Rick. <laughs> that might have been one too many. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll carry over. <laughs> it's tax season. We can figure this out. Okay. All right. So, Marianne or Ginger? And for those of you who might be too young to know what uh, Rick, 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 Rick is talking about, <laughs> uh, I, he's referencing uh, the two... Very uh, famous female leads on Gilligan's Island. I thought I thought that was Lovey. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, you know what? This is going to sound so made up and contrived and BSy, but I always liked Marianne better because I always thought I could have a better conversation with her. Okay, well, I mean, that's, that's a great answer. Uh, you know, Ginger always seemed like too much of a bimbo. Yeah, I and I think they were types. You know, that's that's what they were supposed to be exactly, like. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I too picked Marianne because I, I always felt that she was more wholesome. So that's it. I, I don't need there to explain any further. Um, although as I've gotten older, I've become. I mean, you got Christina Hendricks, right? Is it Hendricks and mm-hmm. Hendricks? Um, Jessica Chastain, you know, and all these others that are redheads, and I'm just like, oh, oh my lord! <laughs> so uh, with age, I don't know. I mean, you give me a reboot of that now. Who knows? We'll see. Answer different times, different different, yeah. different priorities. Mm. Uh, next one comes from Amy D again. Tom, tell us all about beer. And no, we don't have the time. <laughs> Tom, I'll tell you what. If you want to, if you want to make your I own episode, I like it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Very good. Amy D continues. Favorite board games. You know what? Uh, I I haven't played board games in too long. Uh, I I was always a fan of Scrabble, uh, the game of life, uh, Clue. And I refuse to ever again play a game of Monopoly with Jake for fear of my life. <laughs> Long story. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. I love me some board games, but the ones I've only been playing in the last few years have been uh, children's board games with my son. Um, Operation is always a fun one. And guess who? Yeah. 
yeah, so leave it at that. And, you know, and then you got your non-traditional board games that are like card games, like uh, Cards Against Humanity and all that stuff that I play with grownups. So there you go. Amy D again. What are the favorite things you like to do with your family and all of the pets? Peter, uh, I think that's probably more suited to you because you have kids. I do, but you have a pet. I do have pets. pets. Uh, the, yes, uh, two bulldogs, and we just recently picked up a cat. See, there uh, you go. What do you do with them? What do I do with them? Uh, you know what? I'll wrestle with them. I'll play pool. I'll take them out to the dog park. Uh, just basically lay on the couch with them and chill out, relax. You know, they're they're probably better than uh, any pharmaceutical you can take to help you with relaxation and anti-anxiety. They're great. I recommend everybody have a, a cat, but preferably a dog. Yeah, you know, um, I, I, yes, I do have kids. Uh, kind of like with what you said with pets. Um, you know, I wrestle with them. I <laughs> take them to the pool. Uh, what else did you say? You said dog you park. Take them to the park. I, I take them to the park. Um, yeah, we're we're pretty. Uh, I don't want to say an active family, but we actively go out and do things. Uh, we actually don't have pets at home. Uh, my wife is actually allergic to animal hair, and oh, no. my six year old is actually allergic to dog saliva. Um, yeah, so he has been licked by dogs, and then he like the around his eyes gets really irritated, and oh, no. his, yeah, his skin starts to spreads around his skin a little bit. So. Um, you know, he, if a dog gets too close, he'll kind of like, you know, run away. And so, uh, so, so no pets at home. Um, as far as what I'd like to do with my wife, uh, to me, there's, uh, no better day than just hopping in the car and then taking a drive to who knows where. Maybe we can go up north for a day trip or out to Canada for a little bit of, uh, shopping, uh, for Canadian candies and snacks that we can't get stateside oh awesome uh oh yeah yeah you haven't lived until you've had an intense pickle dorito sir oh okay yeah all right <laughs> more for you i guess yeah uh as far as with my wife what we we're foodies so we love to go try out um if we hear about a different place in Portland that we've never tried, we'll go try it. And then obviously we have our favorites that we like to frequent. So very much foodies and we love to eat. I mean, that's what foodies are, but <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, I believe this next one is uh, for you, sir. Who can burp louder? You know what? That all depends on the circumstances. That's, uh, no? that is very true. You know, and, and, uh, that comes from Rick, the meme machine. Um, I I don't like to belch. You know what I mean? Like if I drink a soda or a beer, I I, I burp into my fist. Yeah, or I I will do everything I can to make it uh, as quiet as I can. Yeah, uh, might be a push. This this might be a push between you and I. Um, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna. You know, uh, relinquish this one. You can take it. Okay. All right. Uh, I win, I guess. You win? <laughs> yeah. We're not going to do that over the mic, so there you go, Rick. No, yeah. no, no. Uh, the next one comes from uh, Stacy H. Which dojo would you rather join and why? Cobra Kai or Miyagi-Do? Also, which sensei would you pick? Kreese, Lawrence, Miyagi, or LaRusso? You know what? If I had to choose either dojo in 
any incarnation, I think I would go with current day Cobra Kai. Because not only do I find uh, Johnny Lawrence's character, once you chip past the uh, rough exterior, to be somewhat relatable once you actually get to know who he is. But I think the students are, more importantly, more relatable. These aren't the cut-from-stone Greek Adonises that uh, you saw in the first Karate Kid. And they aren't the sage mystics that uh, are certainly wiser than I am that I would associate with Miyagi-Do. So, yeah, I think I'd probably go with modern-day Cobra Kai. I agree with you for everything that you just said. Oh, wow. Yep. Wow, cool. Just make it simple. But, um, it, I mean, you make a, a lot of great points uh, at this point. Robbie is the only Miyagi-Do student we've known about other than, I guess you can say, Julie Pierce and also Daniel. Yeah, but I still think Daniel has just a slappable face. That wouldn't be a good combination (laughs) with me. Uh, but if Mr. Miyagi was around, you know, um, I would, I would choose him. You know, I, I'd rather be his pupil. Uh, so just from what we've seen in this universe, you know, new generation, Cobra Kai, the new generation. Mm-hmm. 2.0. All right. Again, this one is from uh, Stacy W. What one thing would you like to see happen in the Cobra Kai series, even if unlikely? Well, if we're going to go completely unlikely, I would love to see my uh, scenario for bridging the uh, Harold and Kumar and Cobra Kai realities into one. Uh, I would love to see that happen, but I don't see it ever actually coming to pass. Uh, if I were to be a little bit more likely, I would like to see uh, Elizabeth Shue make some kind of brief return as Allie with an eye. All right. Very good. Um Unlikely, and I'm going to throw in dot, dot, dot. So you're saying there's a chance. Um, kind of piggybacking on what you said, Tom, I would like to see Allie, even if it's a cameo, just to kind of write her character better than what the exit was given to her character in the first movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that would be it for me. The next one comes from Rick again. If you guys traded bodies from one day... What would be in your bucket list for the day? Ooh, this could be dangerous. Because it's it's just for the day. I can leave your body in whatever condition I see fit, and it wouldn't affect me in the long run. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What would I do? Uh, charity work. Charity oh. work. That's what I would do. Oh, that's kind Play of it safe. Yes. You're like a rental car, sir. I got to return you in the same condition I found you. I think what I would do, just because I don't know if I'll ever have this chance, but the fact that you do live in another state, that means that you have an NBA team near you. Uh, I would love to (laughs) go watch the Portland Trailblazers play an away game and actually root for, you know, the away team. Yeah, Yeah, but that would involve you having to go into Detroit, sir. Yeah, and I do remember the uh, gosh, I, I forgot what they call Haven't it. Have you seen RoboCop? I uh, yes, I I happen to love the first two movies. <laughs> um, it's we're not that far off. Yeah, but hey, I mean, this is just inside an NBA arena, and I know, I know, there was a huge fight back in the nineties between Detroit and I forget who else. But anyway, that's that's my answer. We'll, we'll leave it at that. All right. 
this is from Rick. If you could time travel, where would you go and why? Hmm. Well, Rick, 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 Rick. I just so happened to have recorded an entire episode based around that question. Uh, I can't remember exactly uh, which number it was, but it was one of the recent episodes of uh, Jake and Tom Conquer the World. Uh, the answer I gave is I would go back and I would fund a uh, like a bio uh, engineer or something along those lines. Uh, his name was Norman Borlaug. He invented a strain of rice that would be able to grow anywhere. Places where there's too much water, places where there's not enough water, places where there isn't much sunlight. And the reason why he made sure to get this as versatile as he could is so that there would be an abundance of food in places like uh, famine-ravaged Africa or... Uh, war-torn countries, or you name it. You know, people would at least be able to not concentrate on food. They could then concentrate on shelter or education. And the reason why I would do this is twofold. One, it would save, at, at least conservatively, billions and billions of lives. And two, if I bankrolled it, I would patent the ever-living hell out of it. And Tom would get paid. Well, all right then. I mean, what I would do is I would go back to when I was about 18 years old and give myself the uh, Gray Sports Almanac and make just a few (laughs) bets here and there. Tom, I don't know why you didn't come with that. It's so much easier. Yeah, but mine mine has the benefit of saving lives. It's going to improve the world as a whole. And Tom's going to be a billionaire. Mm. I've thought about this. Hey, it sounds like you did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I've always thought that, okay, you know, many of us have seen Butterfly Effect. Basically, they did everything wrong, right, that that Doc told you not to do. You don't go back in time and, and mess with it. Butterfly Effect, Ashton Kutcher's character goes back and tries to fix something. Each time he does it, it affects somebody or something greatly. Uh, For me, I would be more in line with the butterfly effect. I I know that things have happened in our past to shape us who we are in our present time. I would go back to like my freshman year and give my freshman, you know, 15 year old self just maybe not some tips, but, you know, better advice that uh, I wasn't given to from anybody else. Uh, you know, I didn't have very great role models growing up. So, you know, to, I guess, I don't know, it, it would probably affect a lot of other decisions I have made in my life. But I would say, hey, this is how things go down with this. Up to you if you still want to choose this path, you know, things like that. Um, you know, and that's, that's uh, the, the selfish answer. Hey, that's that's a great answer, actually. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Okay, let's see. The next question comes from Amy D. Again, what's the process of an episode for you guys, especially overcoming the distance? Uh, Tom, we kind of did touch on this early on in mm-hmm. the episode with, uh, I think, Rick asking a very similar question. Um, the distance thing, that's the... It's not so much distance as much as it's time. 
I, I'm kind of making, I think that's the same thing, in my opinion. You know, just the time difference between, or the distance and the time zone, the time mm. difference. That's mm-hmm. the the biggest obstacle I, I, I feel uh, in what we do, especially when we do an interview. That's where mm-hmm. it gets even more difficult. Um, obviously, for those that have listened to the show, there's episodes that Tom can't get on because perhaps that the interviewee is from the West Coast. And, you know, uh, whatever time they can do it might be extremely late for Tom and he can't mm-hmm. get on. So scheduling is, uh, I think, the most difficult uh, because of the time difference, uh, also the distance. So, you know, Tom is three hours ahead. Uh, was there anything else that you could think of uh, at this point, Tom, that maybe we forgot to talk about in terms of like uh, producing an episode? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, uh, I would say it depends on the type of episode. I mean, when we first started doing this and we were reviewing each individual episode of Cobra Kai, uh, we, we've talked about this a couple times, but there was that one moment where we, uh, uh, I, I want to say we recorded at least seven quick episodes in one day. That's right. Yeah. Um, uh, episodes two through eight, I believe yeah, we did in yeah. one sitting. Literally and one then, sitting. Uh, it's also a completely different beast than when we have an interview. It's like when we had uh, Martin Kovan and uh, Sean Keenan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of were trading texts back and forth for a couple of days, just trying to get decent questions lined up. Yeah, you know, and of course Martin Cove was so good, he ended up answering most of our questions before we had a chance to an- to ask them. But that's because the the guy's a pro. That's right. Uh, you, you mentioned Sean Kane, and we lost about half an hour of, of time with him due to technical difficulties early on. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there was a problem with um, uh, Skype, the way, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, his phone would not accept like uh, unknown calls and I call from my computer in order to record mm-hmm. and so we ended up having to call him on his wife's phone so there's things like that we, we were trying all different types of things before he was like you know what I can use a different phone and that's what we did but uh, yeah we could have had a longer conversation with him uh, since Ron Thomas you know Bobby Brown I think that one was just like um, you know uh, a few times going back and forth just trying to find the right day and time to record with him, you know, he mentioned in his interview, he has a, you know, has a little girl and, uh, you know, he's, uh, busy, you know, doing all the things that he does and stuff and also working on a book. So, um, yeah. just very yeah. fortunate at that point that he was able to fit us in. Absolutely. So, yeah. And, uh, it, it's always like a, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, a cat and mouse thing with the, with the emails, which makes it difficult. And, I guess I feel I'm pretty lucky that, you know, uh, most of them have been very uh, trusting with us with their phone numbers, too, to be able to text back and forth. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, which makes it more convenient. And there's there's some that, um, you know, our communication was through Instagram. So so that's kind of a little behind the scenes in in how we, uh, I guess, prepare, you know, to get an episode done all this work for sometimes like a 45 minute episode it's kind of crazy it's nuts and that's just one episode but i host like at least three other shows you know or contribute to other podcasts where i'm doing a lot of these same things multiple times in one week mm-hmm. so yeah. i'm yeah you are an absolute machine when it comes to that i mean i have hard enough time doing one show let alone what three four ten twenty yeah it seems like you're you're constantly putting something out Every day, it seems like. Yeah, 
I, I, I wish it was because then I wouldn't be behind. <laughs> but it might seem that way because I'm behind. Uh, I am currently, yeah, behind on two episodes for Postalgic. You know, I'm, I have two episodes recorded. I haven't even touched them yet in terms of editing. Um, and I'll kind of throw it out there a little tongue in cheek, but if somebody is interested in helping us edit, you know, some episodes, that'd be a big help. You know, we're, we're, yeah, you know, I I think at some point we'll kind of reach out and anybody that wants to help contribute to, you know, the show, promotion, media stuff, you know, that's something we might be looking into just to kind of help us out and kind of put things out a little bit more regularly, you know? So I don't know. We'll Mm -hmm. see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. uh, Next question, Tom. All right. The next one is another one from the meme machine. Uh, Rick asks, do we have any nicknames that people call us? Uh, Peter, I'm going to let you take that one first. Okay. Um, we kind of talked about another show that I do called We Got Five. Uh, Rick, funny you mentioned this because we did an episode, Top Five Nicknames. I don't <laughs> I don't remember exactly what's all on there, which is kind of funny to say because they're by nicknames, so you would think I would know them. But just off the top, like the ones that I'm often called, I mean, like Pete, you know, is... Is kind of more of, I think most of the people that call me Pete are like the guys that I work with that are like my dad's age. You know what I mean? Like I feel I those. Say, I remember you saying you don't like Pete. I don't hate it, but it's not a preference. You know, mm-hmm. it, I, I feel like at a certain age, somebody just starts calling people, you know, by their name and, and shorten it. You know, I, I think it's just a thing. You know, um, no, it, it's weird. Whenever I hear the word Thomas, I automatically associate it with, you know, trouble. Yeah. And, Thomas. And, and God help me if I hear my <laughs> middle name followed by, you know, no, no, no. That's when I know it's, you know, getting real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Pete, I, I don't mind it. Uh, it. It's funny because uh, I got a buddy in Philly. Uh, Tom, you're, you're a mutual friend as well. Uh, Super, Mar- Super movie brother Dave. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. He calls me Pete and him and I, we actually used to cover uh, The Walking Dead together for a little bit over at TV Ate My Brain. And um, yeah, he would refer to me as Pete and some other podcast friends of mine. They've actually told me they're like, you know, what? I, I don't like it when he calls you Pete. <laughs> I was like, oh, OK, well, that's that's just what he calls me and he's comfortable with it. I'm fine with it. Uh, and I thought it was kind of funny that they mentioned that because they call me Peter, obviously. Um, but to answer Rick's question. My very, very close friends, um, the ones I, I grew up with, and also uh, my army buddies, they call me Pete Skeet. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. So anybody that follows me on my personal Instagram account, it actually says Pete Skeet on there uh, somewhere. And it's funny because um, there was somebody that uh, I work with now, and he's I've been working with him for a few years now, and a long time ago, like sometime after we started working with each other he called me he called me skeet and i was like wait where'd you get that you know he's like oh it's on your instagram i was like oh okay right 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 so it's not my username but uh it's yeah i think on my profile you know i just probably put in um quotations you know pete skeet it's funny because there's two army friends that i served with that kind of fight over like who came up with it first kind of deal (laughs) It came out around the time where, you know, Lil John was like hot, you know, and, you know, he, all he would say is, okay, yeah, you know, skeet, 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 you know, stuff like that. And, you know, Pete runs with skeet. And so that's where Pete skeet was manifested, I, I suppose. And uh, it just kind of stuck. And it doesn't sound right coming from like 
uh, like an acquaintance. You have to be a very close friend to be called yeah, to, to call me that's that. That you, yeah, I, I I would agree with that one. On yeah, because my army buddies uh, after we served, um, you know, a good chunk of them. Uh, I still remained friends with, and then they became friends with my personal friends, you know, and so we're all a circle of friends. And, and so Pete you know, was always around and everybody picked up on it. So, yeah, um, it's funny because my wife's, uh, some of her friends, they call me, you know, Skeet or Skeeter because of that. So, um, I, well, <laughs> I, I have another one. Um, oh, oh, maybe, uh, you know, I'll, I know that there's a, a question comes up that i can reference back to uh to the nickname so i'll I'll hold on to that all right okay um all right the next question comes from rick again all right so what's both of your favorite charities to donate to tom i'll i I asked a question or read the question but um do you have one you want to go with first I actually have a couple. Uh, okay. One, I mean, the big one is the American Cancer Society. Uh, I mean, uh, like probably most people hearing this, uh, I've had cancer affect uh, those in my life mm-hmm. uh, more than I would like. And Absolutely. anything that I can do to help uh, maybe someday get rid of it is is well worth the effort. Uh, beyond that, I'm also a big uh, supporter of the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund hmm. uh, because in, in this day and age, uh, there are still people getting arrested for the books they read and sell. Interesting. Uh, but the other thing I also like to support is a charity called the Hero Initiative. Uh, it is to kind of support uh, comic book artists because for the majority of that medium's existence, your regular uh, comic book creator didn't have royalties or pensions or really anything. It was just strictly work for a higher basis. And so these guys who not only made the comic books that uh, sold hundreds of thousands of copies, but oftentimes would uh, create some of the most iconic characters just don't have anything for a safety net, and that's where this charity comes in. That's amazing. I, I've never heard of that, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I I had no idea that you were involved in you know any charities, let alone three. Was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, I I only is that all of it? Or do you have a fourth one? <laughs> is that not enough? <laughs> that's plenty. I mean, hey, that's that's still you know three more than a lot of people. You know. Um, I donate to one charity, uh, a charity that's very uh, personal to me. Uh, I did comment to Rick's question. I said, you have no idea what you're in for with this question. Uh, Tom, I don't know how much personal things I've shared with you, but I'm not too private of a person. You know, I don't feel like, you know, I have much to hide. I I am like the one guy that many things have had happen to. You know, I have mm-hmm. stories where you're just like, Oh my God, that that's happened to you. You know, just to throw one out there, I uh, may have allegedly been one of those people that got served with a thing with the uh, music companies, you know, with LimeWire and, and all oh, that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I might have allegedly been one of those, and maybe I allegedly paid a settlement to, you know, to clear myself. So uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, that's one of so, those things. So your charity is a fine. That is not the charity, but I mean, it, it sure as hell feels like it. But the uh, the charity uh, is actually uh, I donate to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. 
Good okay. for you. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So the backstory on that is because they were instrumental for the recovery of my son, who was abducted by his mother when he was seven years old. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. Right? I have stories. Uh, so when he was seven, his mom came to visit. She thought, you know, uh, she could up and leave. You know, that's a short story. There's a lot more mm -hmm. to it. You know, she was in town visiting. He went to go sleep with her. But the day I was supposed to get him back, they had up and left. She was staying at her sister's house. The house was empty. But anyway, it was four months. It was a long four months. I was very fortunate to first know that he was with his mom. So mm. very little danger. You know, obviously, that as as we were hoping, and I got him back. You know, and that's uh, not many times a lot of people can say that. You know, we yeah, we yeah. we have a, a local kid here that went missing, still hasn't been found. Um, Kyron Harmon. You know, maybe people recognize that name, but that's that's a local boy here. But uh, I got my son back, and I feel I, I think this question comes up, but I'll go ahead and say it now. But ever since we got him back, I always did everything that I could to maintain like a very good relationship with my son who's now 18. Uh, so when he was 14 years old, that's when I started my podcast. It was a father and son podcast. You know, Podstalgic was then called Hydrate Level 4, which is a obscure line from Back to the Future 2 for anybody that didn't know. But I would introduce him to movies that I grew up watching and he'd give me his perspective. And that's how the show started out. But as teenagers do, sometimes they get in trouble. So there was a period, periods, where he would get in trouble and he'd be grounded, couldn't watch movies, couldn't record. And that's when I started branching off and like, you know, meeting other podcasters and having them come on my show. So that show started because of everything that happened. You know, daddy's here for you. I'm going to do everything I can, you know, so that way you never feel that, you know, you're not loved and, and all that stuff. I, too, uh, started my podcast to keep Jake out of trouble. Yeah. Uh, he he uh, just, well, I, I can't really get into it because sure. the the, Legality. the records are sealed mm -hmm. and uh, the, the circus clown will never be able to perform again. But uh, I'm, I'm just hoping that he eventually learns his lesson. Yeah. Well, I mean, so far I haven't heard of anything, so it sounds like it's doing okay. I, I I do my best to keep him out of the news. I mean, the, the, the fact that you guys are trying to conquer the world. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think the jury's still out on that key, one. <laughs> Keyword there is trying. Okay. I, I, I can't even conquer the remote control on the, you know, sitting down with the wife to watch television. Sure. You know, I, I, I lose that battle, let alone world dominance. I, I, know, the, I know the feeling. But um, <laughs> so there, there is the backstory and why I started podcasting in the first place was to spend more time with my son because around that time, you know, I, I had a two-year-old, you know, who's now six and a half. So, uh, but there we go. That's why I donate to that charity because of, you know, their help um, in helping me recover my son. So... Uh, some, you know, personal stuff there. And I'm okay with sharing it, you know. I got him back. He had missing posters around the country. You know, a lot of people know about it. It was, I don't want to say it was big news, but it was, it was a big thing that happened with us. All right. So the next question, uh, once again, is from Rick. Do you play video games? What games or platforms? Uh... You know, when I was younger, I used to love video games, but uh, the older I get, the less time I have for them. I haven't played a video game since, oh, geez, Arkham City. Oh, and wow. And that was a 
that was a good long time ago. It, it's just a I mean, coincidentally around that time I started podcasting. I see. Uh, podcasting, I love it. It, it. It's a great hobby. It's uh, one of the most rewarding hobbies I've ever had, but it does take time. And so I, w- I would rather tinker with uh, an audio file than play a video game, really. Mm. You know, nothing against them. I, I love them. I just haven't had a chance. What about you, Peter? Well, uh, you know, I, I have younger ones. And um, I say younger ones, but I really only have the six and a half year old. The other ones are teens. But uh, we have friends with, you know, daughters who are, who are my son's age. And we often t- take them to, you know, the Wonderlands, the Dave and Busters. So I, I do play the arcades. But in terms of like a home video game, uh, I did play the OG Mario Kart the other day. You know, I got the classic um, Super Nintendo and the and the NES, you know those mini ones. I got those. I with... know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I yeah. M- might have a quasi legal version of that. Oh, I'm y- yes, yes, uh, a, an alleged modded one, perhaps something like that. Sure, yeah, something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah, you know. So I played like Ninja Gaiden like last week as well. So I, I I dabble in the the OG games. You know, it's in this very room that I'm sitting in where I podcast. So if I happen to be not editing, I might turn around and flip the switch and uh, and play that. But um, I was a gamer back then. I really stopped after I would say the PS2. Literally, that that's when I stopped, you know, because the PS3 wasn't something I ever owned. My son owned, you know, the the 18 year old. He he had the PS3, the PS4, the Xbox One. He's got all of those. But the last time I bought anything for myself, well, no, the Wii. I, I guess I um, officially stopped with the Wii, but uh, the PS2, I would say, and my jam, Mortal Kombat. You know, two still the best one ever. I still, uh, I mean, speaking of the PlayStation games. I actually did sit down uh, a couple months ago with Jake and broke out Bushido Blade. Did you ever play that? No. It was basically a fighting game based on various uh, Asian weapons. And the thing that was great about it is sometimes you could have a fight that would last for what felt like 10 minutes. Okay. Other times you could have a fight where literally you just happened to get them in just the right spot and, you know, kill them with one hit. It was, it was fun. It was challenging. It was infinitely replayable and it started so many fights. <laughs> I bet. Kind of like Monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned Mortal Kombat and I, I just remembered how Mortal Kombat 11 is coming out in just a f- couple months here, I, I believe. Uh, but I do remember that when my son, uh, or when Injustice came out, I played that a lot with him too. Again, yeah, you know, I've that's, heard great things about those. Yeah, games. it's fun. You know, it's DC versus Mortal Kombat. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's just it, it brings me back to like, uh, what is it, Capcom versus Marvel? Yeah, Marvel. Yeah, yeah, you know, something like that. And and it was kind of cool, just incorporating like superheroes with Mortal Kombat characters. It's it's pretty crazy. And they had a second one, I believe, as well. And then now Mortal Kombat 11 is coming back, and they got uh, some characters that I loved back from like the part two and part three. So pretty excited to checking that out. Um, so you know, I don't know. Yeah. If any of my friends get it, uh, I'll probably check it out. So excellent. The next one comes from Tim C. 
he asks what or, or which rather which one of the karate kid or cobra kai characters are you most like in real life when you were a kid now as an adult um gosh i, I can take that one yeah uh, go ahead I would say the character that I can relate to the most is Dimitri because uh, I have been told that I have a fairly dry sense of humor. Uh, when I was in high school, well, I didn't have a lot of friends, but the friends that I did have, uh, I was and still am extremely close with. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Dimitri is a, a great character that I just get a kick out of. Okay. Um, for me, this one's difficult because it's funny, like growing up Asian American, I'm always looking like, I'm looking for those Asian characters to be like, oh, that's, Mm -hmm. that's like me on screen. Um, I'm not like chosen if that's what people think I was going with. Uh, I, I would not, uh, fight somebody to the death. Um, no, I mean, well, you know what, who knows, depending on the scenario, right? Maybe if they're really short and you got a good chance. Perhaps. Um, I, I don't know. I, I was thinking perhaps Miguel, but I wasn't, you know, I was into nerdy things, but the mm-hmm. way I feel like in Cobra Kai, when we first see him, kind of a bit of an outcast, right? And I was the complete opposite, you know. Sean, I, I believe, you, I think you know that I'm a social butterfly. Uh, mm. You know, everybody at work knows that I am, and I'm just one of those guys. You, you Once you get me talking about something I am into, Really, really hard to shut me up. So I don't know if there's really a character like that. But in terms of personality, I think I would have to go with Bobby. Because I think even with Daniel in the very first movie, you know, he he had his moments when he was very timid. And obviously he got bullied. I'm not saying I was never bullied, but never to that extent, never physically you know, I think I was just kind of like bullied, just like many other kids. You know, just a little teasing here and there, but I was never scared of like a group. I was I was never scared of a individual, anything like that. Um, I don't want to say I was like one of the popular kids, but I knew everybody. You know, I knew the kids in in band because I played band. I knew the kids in the choir because I sang. Uh, I knew. But the- did you hang out with the chess club kids? Because I did. <laughs> well, that's where I was in high school, folks. I mean, you know, I I, I had friends that were in drama because I took acting. Now I didn't play any sports, but I was friends with all the athletes, you know. So I I I just knew a lot of the people. I got along with everybody. So the reason I picked Bobby is because you know Bobby was good and bad, and I feel that's probably the most relatable character to me because I had my moments you know I wasn't always the greatest kid and I come off friendly and stuff like that but you get on my bad side that's not a side you want to be on Mm. all right uh so the next one is from Tim Uh, and this one's directed at me Tom what is the last beer you brewed and uh it's been too dang long since I made a beer last one was uh Oh, geez. Uh, November of 2017. Uh, it was called the Nightshade Pumpkin Stout. Uh, it was uh, actually really good. I still have a couple bottles of it left. Uh, uh, I don't know if you like uh, pumpkin spiced dark beers, Peter. Uh, this one was actually really good in that it wasn't overwhelmingly spiced. Uh, but it was a very sweet ale. Uh, it was great with, uh, various red meats. 
and uh, I was actually thinking about picking some up. In fact, I've actually had the itch to beer, uh, to brew some beer again. Uh, my friend Ro from the show Project Archivist uh, was showing me some pictures of this fermenter that he got for Christmas, and uh, it definitely set off a, a fit of jealousy that uh, I think uh, is going to make me end up buying one just like it pretty soon. Mm. That sounds interesting. I bet you Mr. Vos Sanchez would be very much interested in this process and, and all that you just spoke of that I, I'm like, what? <laughs> brew? <laughs> I've had brew. Um, hey, hey, I, don't get me wrong. When I say I brew beer, I use what's called an extract kit, which is essentially as challenging as a Duncan Hines cake. Mm. Uh, it It's not overly complicated, but it's kind of fun in that you can actually go off recipe and you can add things. You can substitute different uh, ingredients or grains or things like that. So it it, it can be a lot of fun it, and uh, it can be very creative. Okay. I heard cake and that sounds amazing. But um, no, <laughs> back, back to the pumpkin spicing. I believe I have had a beer that was mm-hmm. flavored something like that. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't mind stuff like that. Um, I like me some craft beer, so I, I do experiment different flavors here and there just by their name and and what it's what is you know claims to taste like. So oh yeah, I mean yeah. we're we're in a golden age of beer right now where mm-hmm. everybody has access to craft beers now, and they are as various as the snowflakes in the sky. Yeah, if you have any particular thing that you like, chances are there's a beer that's flavored after it absolutely and oregon has known to be one of the uh, biggest uh, states uh, that has a lot of microbreweries so same with michigan yeah Yeah, uh founders is uh the big one here and it's been i want to say just recently named in the top 10 best breweries in the world i believe it i believe it um all right the next one looks like that's directed at me so it kind of lines up here uh peter why the postal service i'm assuming is the way it's worded um the reason i work for the postal service is because my in-laws work for the postal service i had mentioned earlier that i served uh, 10 years in the army and when i came back you know i was looking at just regular joe schmo jobs and you know i'm talking about like i, I was in I, I didn't have a, I don't have a degree, so I wasn't looking for a job to use a degree in. I was just looking for something to make ends meet. And my in-laws were, you know, I was dating my wife, you know, who was then girlfriend. And they're like, you know, you're a veteran. Why don't you go take the test at the post office, you know, for, for veterans? And I had taken the test previously, but uh, with Hurricane Katrina and then ultimately going on active duty to go overseas... I wasn't able to apply, but I did take the test. So I show up at this veterans test that they gave and they go, all right, fill out all these forms and then we're going to schedule a test. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought I was here to take the test. So I raised my hand. I'm like, I took the test like two years ago. Is that still good? They're like, it might be, you know? And so they pull up my file and they've already passed my score because they go down the score and they go, we'll just put you back on the registry. And then like the following week, I got a job offer and I went ahead and took it. So nice. 12 years later, working on the post office. So there was a time that I actually uh, even worked with my father-in-law for almost three years at the same station. And then I have since left. But my mother-in-law, she works at the plant. So um, so we were a household of postal carriers, or not postal carriers, but postal workers. That is actually really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So they, I guess they probably 
thought like, you know what? He's probably going to be around for a while. So <laughs> maybe we just tell him to go get a job or because we know that he's going to pay well. And he's a veteran, so it, it shouldn't be hard. And they were right. And here we are living with them now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one, again, is from Tim. What is the best Karate Kid or Cobra Kai line you have ever heard your wife or children say? Story, please. And uh, I don't know if I've ever really heard my... I mean, I mean, she may have uh, done the usual wax on, wax off uh, type of thing, but I don't know if she's ever really uh, quoted it as anything other than just like a passing reference. So what about you, Peter? Uh, my wife, I don't believe, has watched any of these with me. Phoenix, my oldest, he has watched it with me, but I don't think he has quoted it. Uh, and my youngest, he has seen bits and pieces while I've watched it. Same thing, has never quoted it. Uh, I don't think this is a movie he can get into just yet. Uh, there is going to be a Karate Kid children's book that comes out in May that I plan on buying to introduce him to the story and hope that that can transition into the movie. And that author, uh, who's actually more like the illustrator, because, you know, these are based on the movies, but I purchased her Back to the Future book, and that's the one that my son reads all the time, and he's a huge fan of Back to the Future. So he doesn't quote Karate Kid or Cobra Kai, but in one afternoon, just out of nowhere, he goes, over the amount of $80. <laughs> So Tom, I don't know if you get that reference at all. It's super obscure, but it's a it's a line from Back to the Future Three, where Doc finds out that he had been shot by Mad, you know, Buford, yeah, Mad Doc Tannen on his tombstone. Yeah, over the matter of eighty dollars. So this one day, my son just said that I'm like, well, that is as random as hydrate level four, <laughs> you know. So. He has quoted that. So he, he's a pretty big Back to the Future fan, that kid. Uh, I couldn't be more proud. That is awesome. That is very awesome. Thank you. Uh, Tim continues with another question. When you are with your family and start to geek out over Cobra Kai stuff, how does your wife and or children react? Um, this, uh, I, I think, you know, kind of goes in line with the previous question. Um I, you know, my wife has seen me in the stuff that Cobra Kai mom Mandy has sent me. You know, she saw the post and all that stuff, but you know, she's never commented on it. And I don't think my youngest has said anything either. But I, I think my oldest has, like, said, you know, that's that's a pretty cool hoodie and stuff like that. But but that's really it. Um, I try to, you know, when it's like geeking over stuff that may be related to my podcast, I try to keep that at a minimum because I already get eye rolls and stuff when I ask if I can record. Um, as far as myself, I, I don't know if I've geeked out over Cobra Kai or Karate Kid in front of my wife. Uh, the thing that I typically do geek out over uh, in front of her nowadays is uh, podcasting. Right. And it's like, oh, hey, my God, look at, you know, we got uh, mentioned by this person or, oh, my God, do you see how many uh, people are uh, following this thing on Facebook or, oh, my God, I'm going to get a chance to interview this person and that person. And by and large, I, I could tell that my wife just looks at it as Tom's thing, but she's been nothing, nothing but supportive and very encouraging. Uh, and uh, it's just one of the great things things about her she's just a very very uh affirming person in this uh as, as far as other stuff I, i've definitely geeked out in front of uh, her when it comes to comic book stuff 
Um, you have to understand, I'm a lifelong comic book person. You know, again, I'm the guy that hung out with the uh, the chess club kids in the library every lunch hour during high school. And uh, my wife was anything but. Uh, she was involved with a lot of social clubs, a lot of sports, things like that. How I managed to get her to look at me is still beyond me, but uh, we've been together for almost 25 years now. And uh, slowly over time, I have gotten her interested, not to the extent that I am, but interested in superhero movies and television shows and all that stuff. Uh, I, I, I told a great story on uh, my podcast when I had a author named uh, Devin Grayson on for an interview about how uh, I got to actually meet her at a, a comic book convention. And she and my wife were just kind of sitting there for a good 10 minutes taking in the various cosplayers and other convention goers and just kind of talking about the the atmosphere. So it, it, it's always interesting seeing my world through my wife's eyes. You know, it, it's actually kind of cool. Yeah, that is really cool. And it's really awesome that she's very supportive. Um, I, I'm not saying that mine's not supportive. I mean, she allows me to do it. Oh, obviously she is. Otherwise, yeah, you know, well, yeah. I, I guess, but I... I feel at some point she's going to like ask me to hang it up, you know, with the fourth kid coming and all. But, um, you know, I, I can say this, though. Uh, she did seem genuinely happy for me when I geeked out over the fact that I scored an interview with one Jeffrey Weissman who played the second George McFly. So George McFly and Back to the Future 2 and 3. So um, and that was still surreal, too. You know, mm. uh, I could only imagine how like the big three felt you know with uh or or even mr herbert's on his birthday you know having dinner with martin cove uh Z mr zapka and machio right there that would be one of those pinch me moments it really really would be yeah, keep me in the nuts <laughs> let me know this is real <laughs> i don't know about pinching it is gonna work but uh but yeah i i think she was genuinely happy for me um that i got that and and then i ended up getting like a bunch of signed pictures too from him it was really cool oh that's awesome uh, the next one comes from Rick. Uh, what's your favorite joke to tell? Uh, you know what? It, it's a corny joke, uh, but I always use it in the either best or worst times. Uh, I've told this joke in the waiting room of hospitals while you know people are very sick and their loved ones are stressing out. I, I, I've literally told this joke at a friend's mother's funeral. And this is, this is the joke. A man goes into a doctor because he's trying to have a child with his wife, but they just can't conceive. So the doctor asks for a sample. A couple days later, the doctor calls the man back in the office and he says, well, I've got bad news and I've got worse news. The gentleman says, oh, what's, what's, what's the bad news? The doctor says, you have a sperm count of one. Oh, oh my, oh my God. What's, what's, what's the worst news? Doctor just looks at him and says, it's this big and it wants out now. Hmm. Is this thing on? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sorry it went over my head. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm telling you, I've told that joke in the most inappropriate moments where 
the room desperately needed a laugh, and usually it goes over fairly well. This is the exception to the rule, folks. No, and I have been on this receiving end many times where somebody tells me the joke, and I just don't get it. And you know what? And my out is always saying, it's you know, it's because English is my second language. So there's like expressions and stuff that I still don't get, <laughs> and sometimes I get away with it. But yeah. That I guarantee you, somebody listening to this podcast got a giggle. Oh, I'm sure someone out there got a, a guffaw or Tom, two. Out I of might that. have been the only one who it just went over my head. Is all <laughs> I. That, and that's the thing. Like, um, well, okay. So my answer is I don't have jokes that I tell anymore. Quite honestly, a lot of the jokes that I told back in the day did not age well because they are very unPC. They are racist or offensive. Uh, and, and you know what? I don't, I just, I don't want to go there. So I have my typical dad. You know what? That, can I just say that that's actually really cool of you because it shows that you've grown as a person. Oh, thank you. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I don't want to offend anybody. And when I was a kid, yeah. I didn't think about that stuff. I, did, I was just trying to make people laugh. Um, but I, I tell, you know, dad jokes and there's, there's like no go to's. They, they're just stuff that comes up, right? It, that's why they're dad jokes. But my jokes now are just like inside jokes with coworkers, with friends, quotes from movies and stuff. Um, often at work, there's a certain inflection that somebody has when they're saying something, and it'll just remind me of a line from a movie or something. You know, um, often there's this other guy that I work with. He's also a big Back to the Future fan, and him and I will sometimes go back and forth in like an actual dialogue of a scene. You know, and that's actually pretty impressive too. Like, I, I didn't realize how, you know, how big of a fan he is. Clearly, not as big as me, but he loves the movies just as much. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and as far as day to day humor, uh, again, I just like, have been told that I have a very dry sense of humor. Uh, I, I guess I've been known to say just the most outlandish things in a deadpan voice and people think I'm serious and that's actually gotten me into trouble a couple times. Well, and, and that's kind of, uh, how I am on We Got Five too, right? People like my dry humor on there. Um, and I didn't understand what dry humor was because I, I don't, I think, I think it was either feedback or left as a review, you know, um, yeah, like a review. And they said that they like Devin's whatever and Peter's dry humor. I'm like, wait, is that is that offensive to me? Or like, I didn't quite get it. They go, no, 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 it's it's a type of humor. It's like it's it's just dry humor. And they explained it, and I got it. And so, Tom, I don't know if 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 you can see that from that show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, they people always just say me and Devin's chemistry is just very unique, and we worked well off with each other because he's, yeah, th- that's why I'm saying I want you guys to yeah. eventually get back together once Devin's ready to go. I I want to listen to another episode with you guys. Yeah, yeah. I I would love to work with him again, and uh, again, you know, we we hope he comes back hundred uh, percent healthy. So yes, yes, yeah, yeah. It's just he's Best so wishes, Devin. Absolutely, because uh, I know you won't listen to this, but we'll wish you well anyway but um because i i've 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 literally harassed him to watch this show and he's kept on saying yes but i i'm sure he hasn't gotten to it yet but um yeah he's just so animated and i'm kind of the opposite and people just kind of like it when i shut him down or you know if he says something inappropriate i just complete i just go on you know (laughs) i I don't honestly there are times when he says something where you could tell that it makes you uncomfortable and he just revels in that uncomfortable feeling that you get. Yeah, he loves it. it. it it's great. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, all right, and we got another question here. This one comes from uh, Gertie, and it was asked on Instagram. She asks, I want to know what got you both to podcast together. And Tom, I think we kind of talked about this a little bit like in like during our actual episode reviews of Cobra Kai, mm-hmm. I feel. Um but we can go all the way back uh, a little bit. Yeah, how how yeah. we even started? Um, this is something that I sprung on you a little bit more recently. Like I never told you, but uh, it was funny enough. We were talking about we got five here, but Devin and I we were going to be doing uh, top five Marvel movies, and there were only two shows. Only one I would name that I was all like, all right, I think these guys are pretty big into like comics. So I reached out. Your show was one of them. Um, well, actually, before I even reached out to you, I listened to your show, you and Jake's, and then I listened to other show. I didn't really... The chemistry between the two hosts were fine, but they didn't seem like my type of people. You know, like I didn't feel like I can vibe with them. And I liked you guys better. So I reached out to you and that's how you or you guys and us started collaborating. Mm-hmm. And then at some point we decided or I asked you to come on to do the Credit Kid movies on Postalgic. Well, if I could kind of add my two cents to the story, I, I think what also happened was uh, there was feedback uh, based on an episode and I gave you a, like a detailed uh direct message on Twitter uh, answering that feedback. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm like, hey, out of curiosity, have you done a, a episode, you know, based on your top five sequels? Ah, uh, right, right, and then, right. And the next thing I know, we're constantly messaging each other saying, hey, do you want to try this? Do you want to try that? And it just kind of grew from there. And not only that, funny, I, I thought you were going to go here with the, the whole sequel episode. So, yes, you guys did return for um, our favorite sequels episode, Top 5 Sequels. And I don't know if you remember, but Karate Kid 2 was on my list. It absolutely was. Yeah, and you guys, you know, nobody really remembered it. And I was defending it. Uh, and I think that's also what sparked, you know, uh, our talks of doing Karate Kid together. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you coming on my show, we did all four movies and then, obviously, when Cobra Kai was announced, it was only right to have you back. Well, yeah. Uh, and if I remember right, weren't we going to just do, like, one episode that was going to air on my show as well as uh, TV Ate My Brain? And originally, that was going to be it, wasn't it? Yeah. There were a whole lot of uh, different thoughts. And I feel that there's another question that kind of um, – there's another question relating to this. So, I don't want to get um, too detailed just yet. But um, but yes, there was a lot of different ideas kicked around before we all ultimately decided, you know what, let's just do each episode because of like how meaty it was, yeah, even yeah. for like just under 30 minutes. So yeah, it's only 30 minutes, but it's a dense 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, it really is. All right. So that is all the questions we had from our social medias. However, surprise, we got some questions from some of the cast members. Oh, yeah. Really? I did not know this. Well, surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I, I reached out to, um, you know, a, a lot of them and, and some responded. And so I will read the questions of the, the ones that, that asked us something. 
All right. The first one comes from Owen, who plays Bert. He asks, "What do you want most to happen in season two? What is your favorite Cobra Kai season one moment? And extra points if it's Bert related. LOL." <laughs> So, oh, what do I want to see happen in season two? Uh, you know what? I, I definitely want a heavy involvement from Crease. And honestly, I was kind of wondering what kind of relationship, if any, Crease and Bert would have. Mm. I think the two of them playing off of each other would be would be comedy gold. Uh, as far as my favorite moment, I would say it's right when at the very end of the season finale when Johnny realizes that he hasn't been the best teacher. He's not teaching you know, maybe he's not, he's teaching the right things but he's teaching them in the wrong way and he understands that Miguel is going down a, a pretty bad path and it's his responsibility that he's going down that path. It's his responsibility to try to straighten him out because it, it, I just thought it was a, a great character moment where we're seeing this guy make a turn as far as who he is and what he stands for. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I want to go with that one. Oh, very good answers. Um, as for me, with season two, I just hope that there's going to be a, a good balance between the nostalgia, you know, with our OG actors and also the new class. You know what I mean? The, the, the mm -hmm. fact that Crease is coming back in, I hope that you know, we're not going to get less of the new generation or anything like that. So I still hope, you know, a little back and forth, stuff that are going on in school while stuff are going on with the grown-ups. So I hope that there's a good balance with that. Um, as far as favorite moment, uh, this one, I I wish that I could have kept a little, like, close to the chest because I would like to do an, uh, an episode, an upcoming episode, where we actually do, like, top five moments from Cobra Kai uh, Season 1. Uh, but I'll say this one just because I have mentioned it before, but I really love that moment in, I believe it was episode six, Quiver. I believe. I, I, I could be wrong. I mean, it's hard to memorize like all the, you know, moments and the episodes and what have you, but it's when Johnny is in the, fr in the fridge grabbing that last case of banquet and Daniel walks in, picks up, you know, the tab for the beer. And Johnny realizes, you know, what had happened with the rent. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Again, that I think was a turning point for both those characters. Yeah, absolutely. When not only did uh, Johnny realize how badly he was getting screwed and who it was that was turning the screw, but uh, Daniel realized that maybe he's not such a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Later on in that episode, he talks to Amanda about it. Absolutely. Uh, Sarah, Owen's mom, also asks a question. She asks, who from Back to the Future would you like to make a cameo, and how would you introduce them? Huh. Peter, I'm going to have you field that one. I'm going to have to actually think about that one a bit. Okay. Let's see. Um, it's hard to say Michael J. Fox with his condition at all, you know, Parkinson's, and he doesn't make very many appearances at all. And I know this is hypothetical anyway, but what would Michael J. Fox be doing? You know what I mean? Especially with his limitations. Doc Brown's getting really up there in age, you know. Um, actually, you know, that might be a fun one. I was going to say uh, Leah Thompson, 
maybe she could be somebody that Johnny hits on or something like that. But it would be kind of funny, and I'm only going with this because of a, a, a movie uh, that has come out. But uh, did you ever see, what, what is it, A Million Ways to Die in the Old West? I think that's what it's no. called. Uh, it's these, no, no, that's the South uh, Seth McFarlane. Yeah. So th- there's a moment where he's like walking around somewhere, walks into a barn, and there's Doc Brown like covering the DeLorean, <laughs> pretend- pretending like nothing's going on. <laughs> You know, um, and I, and I thought that was hilarious. So, and matter of fact, I think they use that in the trailer too to try to get like people to come in. Oh, look, you know, Christopher Lloyd's in here. But what if Christopher Lloyd was just like an old screwball mechanic? You know that um, was working in the junkyard while they were trashing all of his uh, spare cars. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or what if? What if it was Thomas F. Wilson who played Biff? Maybe he owns the junkyard and he tells all the kids to make like a tree and get out of here. You know what? I got it. Okay. This is who I want to see in Karate or uh, Cobra Kai. Jennifer Parker played by Elizabeth Shue. She's backing (laughs) up and she absentmindedly bumps into Allie with an eye. They look at each other, they look up and down, and then say... Uh, I'm old, uh, <laughs> faint. No, no, I was going to say, that's when you would have either uh, Marty or Billy or, uh, or I should say, uh, Johnny or Daniel kind of step in. I like that. That's funny, but here's the thing, Tom. She's never been my Jennifer Parker. It was always Claudia Wells. Yeah, but it's funnier that way. It is, but she's Allie with an eye or Chris Parker from Adventures in Babysitting. That's the only reason I say that. Fair enough. I I, I can see your point of view on that one. All right. So thank you, Owen and Sarah, for that question. Uh, The next one comes from Matt, who plays the president of the All-Valley Karate Tournament Ah. Committee or something, also in our group. So Matt asks or says, okay, so let me go ahead and read this. Usually films that are really important to us, uh, like the Karate Kid films, are important because we got to see them at a perfect point in our lives that made them really resonate. Why are the Karate Kid movies, and thus Cobra Kai, so special to y'all? Oh, jeez, I can't even remember how old I was when I saw the original Karate Kid. I just know I saw it when it first came out on VHS, so I want to say it was 80, late 84, early 85, and I would have been seven or eight at the time. And I remember sitting on my mother's lap and she would do this thing where if she thought that there was a moral in the story that we were watching, she would kind of point it out to me. Uh, she did, you know, that with uh, certain lines that Yoda would deliver in Empire Strikes Back. And she also did it with uh, certain lines that Miyagi would deliver in the original Karate Kid. So I can't help but think back to that uh that first time i watched it whenever i see this movie and uh the great thing about this movie is when i got older i was able to appreciate it from a completely different point of view uh where i could see that really that first movie especially is miyagi's story so i i think it's just uh it's aged remarkably well and uh to have the same thing kind of happened with Johnny Lawrence's character, where you got get to see things from his point of view, I, I think just makes the tapestry that much more interesting. 
for me, I I don't know. I I wonder if I liked the movies growing up uh, because of the Miyagi and Daniel relationship. I mean, the movies never got me into karate. I can't recall other than like you know your typical uh, stereotypical doing the crane kick and and things like that. Um, I don't think I you know very much like reenacted scenes. I don't I don't think so. Um, this wasn't a movie that I watched often with my brother, who I watched many many movies with. So it、mm-hmm. was something personal to me and. My father and I, we didn't have like a great relationship, but we didn't have a bad relationship either. Coming from the old country, he was very well disciplined. My grandfather was in the military over there. Both grandfathers, really. But anyway, I come from a family of of men who were all in the service in some way or another. My father went to cadet school. You know, he's got this picture of him、uh, at fourteen in some sort of you know uniform. He was like a lieutenant, and、um, in a way, I he had I, I he had a I don't want to say it was a hard time expressing his love for me, but it wasn't what you think of a traditional father and son relationship. You know, it's like. He's the father. I'm the son. There's no in between. You know, we're not friends. He is to raise me to be a man, or quote unquote, raise me to be a man. You know, but all I remember was just discipline growing up.、It、sounds you know. like your old man and my old man should get together and go bowling. Yeah, I remember in the second grade, keep the English at school. When you're at home, you speak loud. You know, things like that.、Um, just very, you know. Disciplined, I guess, is the word. You know, I I keep thinking, picturing Principal Strickland here. Disciplined. Remember that, son. <laughs> you know.、Um, now, now here's the thing.、Uh, when I was a kid, my father was very much the same way.、Uh, Ex Marine,、uh, then went on to various. Marine. Correct. <laughs> then went on to、uh, various other forms of、uh, public service, and so he was very much a disciplinarian, but. I never got the feeling that he didn't care for me. I never got the feeling that he was cold or distant. But discipline was very much driven into me. And now that I'm 41 years old, as opposed to 15 years old, I can look back and I can say, "Hey, you know what? I'm I'm kind of glad that he was strict with me because being a kid, I needed to be kept in line." And、yeah. if he didn't give a rat's ass, he would have just let me go wild and do whatever I want. And I've seen how those kids have turned out from my class that were like that. So I, I, I appreciate the fact that he was that way with me. I do appreciate my dad was with was like that with me as well. But I had wished that there was a little bit of in between. I see how he is with my son, and I'm like, why, why couldn't we have that? <sighs> you know what I mean?、Um, I don't remember. Like any hugs or anything like that, not until like he came to my grad my basic training graduation.、Uh, while I was away, he wrote me a letter, told me how proud of me he was and how much honor I brought to the family name. I feel like I might have talked about this maybe in our review of Karate Kid Two because.、Um, In in that movie, you know Sato and Chosen, they talk about honor and and all these things. So I feel like I might have shared this story before, but 
That's where he made me cry for the first time because I really did feel like, oh my God, he really does love me. It wasn't just, you know, like he was a hard ass or just cold hearted or anything like that. That's just what he knew because that's probably how my grandpa was with him. Um, but I, you know, long winded answer here, but maybe that's why I enjoyed watching Miyagi and Daniel because I thought this was just a wholesome relationship, surrogate father, surrogate son. Yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, I I, I I just have like a completely different perspective over things now that I'm an adult. And, yeah. You know, I can see why he did certain things. Yeah, same. Um, Matt continues with another question. Besides Allie with an I and the other Kais, of course, what are some more obscure cameos you'd love to see in Cobra Kai? Maybe the villain from Karate Kid 2 opens a competing dealership in Reseda. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> oh. You know what would be funny is if... Uh, God, I'm drawing a blank on the character's name. Uh, Sean... Mike Barnes. Okay, Sean if Kamen. Mike, if, yeah, if Mike Barnes is a referee at a tournament. Okay. Maybe a judge or something just, like that? Yeah, just because... Fans have been clamoring to have him come back. And, oh, there he is. This is what he's doing. He's the ref. Okay. Um. Well, he did say, you know, besides Allie and the other guys, because I was going to say Tommy is the thing. Um, because, you know, Tommy gets referenced by Johnny in episode seven. Yeah. Is it seven? Um, but anyway, I. so do you have a different answer? How about, was it Freddy Fernandez? Yeah, it might be kind of cool to see what he's up to. Yeah, absolutely. See if he's still wearing that uh, Making Bacon t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, I can use a Freddy Fernandez. Um, I think it's really awesome how Counselor Blatt is the younger uh, sister of Susan, uh, who is one of Allie's friends. Um, I Maybe even not so much a cameo, because here here's the thing. That little nugget there... Nobody would know that unless they've listened to our interview, uh, unless they also read it, you know, on like Tumblr. I believe it was on Tumblr uh, as well, uh, being cited from, oh, that's something that they heard on our uh, interview with uh, Aaron Bradley Danger. But um, it would be cool if, and and I know this is something that we all kind of get annoyed of because there's somebody out there that is trying to tie like every single person to like past, you know, people. But I would like one that would make sense that is kind of known. You know what I mean? Like, we know Counselor Blatt is kind of retconned in in the series. I would like an actual connection that we'll find out in the show. You know, that makes sense. And it's not going to be like a big plot point or anything like that. Just a nugget that is dropped. And we're like, oh, damn. Kind of like this, Tom. Even though this wasn't canon, but Cousin Louie. You know, we're like, oh, damn, that's... That's uh, obviously the son of Uncle Louie that has been mentioned at least twice, uh, you know, in the in the trilogy, the first trilogy. And we saw Uncle Louie in the third movie. So it was kind of cool that we get a cousin Louie here. So something like that. Yeah. So not, not really an answer, but that that's what I would like out of a cameo. Maybe just somebody related, kind of like the cousin Louie situation there. So thank you, Matt, for your two questions there. And the next question comes from one Aaron Bradley Danger, who played Counselor Blatt, also little sister of Susan from the first Karate Kid movie. Now, she says she would like to know at what point in 
our enjoyment of the Karate Kid series, did you realize, did we realize we were more than just a fan and would go on to create your our own important contribution to the franchise? Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, honestly, I would say right around uh, halfway through season one of Cobra Kai, uh, when I completely agreed with you when you said, hey, we can't do this as just a one-episode review. We have to break down everything scene by scene by scene. And really, that's when I really started to kind of get immersed in in the franchise as a whole, probably more than I ever have since the original Karate Kid. What about yourself, Peter? Well, I mean, uh, I, I've always loved uh, the Karate Kid movies. Um, you know, I always defend uh, the second one, which I, I don't feel gets uh, enough love. But, you know, during our coverage of those movies, you know, I, I kind of like refound my love for, I guess, that universe. You know, I am, I'm not like super in love with like part three or even the next Karate Kid, but had a lot of fun doing that. So when Cobra Kai was announced, we're like, okay, you know, we'll check it out. You know, we kind of mentioned that there were really no discussions yet as to what kind of format we were going to approach it. And, you know, and usually with these streaming shows, they typically drop like the entire season, you know, on one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and many podcasters, uh, they usually just do a season one wrap up. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until, you know, kind of like you while binging the show, I'm like, oh, my God, there is so much to talk about. And personally, for me, when there's a show that I enjoy, for example, Orange is the New Black, there is a podcast that I listen to that does that coverage, but they do just the, the season review. And I wish that they'd done individual episodes. And so that's kind of the approach that I wanted to take it, you know, brought it to you and you agreed. There's just so much to talk about. And obviously, um, many of our episode reviews were, you know, 45 minutes. Some were probably like an hour. Some might have been shorter. But again, there was just so much to talk about. And I don't even think we scratched the surface, to be honest with no. you. Though I, I keep meaning to pester you to put out that uh, episode of Jake and Tom on here in which we were talking about, uh, we did the before and after where we That's actually right. got together before we watched Cobra Kai and then kind of compared, you know, our expectations with what was delivered. Uh, I, I actually really listened to that not too long ago. And it's actually a kind of a, almost like a, you know, starting point, really. Did I sound like an idiot? Like I didn't know what I was talking about? <laughs> We're podcasters. That's our job, sir. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, uh, you, you say no more. Uh, I plan on doing that after this episode. That way people can hear us talk about it. And it's something that they can look forward to seeing uh, in the feed. So we will definitely uh, release that. Um, and then to kind of uh, wrap up this particular question here, uh, for those that don't know, you know, when we first started our coverage, we were uh, contributing to a podcast called TV Ate My Brain, which is the mm-hmm. official TV podcast for Core Ten Parts, which uh, which is uh, the network that I'm associated with. You know, my three of my podcasts are under that network. And you and I, you know, we started reaching out to some of the cast members and uh, we were getting interviews, and we had so much, so many ideas on, uh, you know, bonus episodes that we wanted to do. That's how much we loved, uh, love this show. That we're like, oh my god, there's so much that we can do here, and I, I didn't really see other people 
doing what we had envisioned for our own Which show. Which is kind of, kind of shocking considering what a success this, uh, this television series is. But you know what that tells me is that it's still being, it's still underseen, you know, the show. I, I think there's still a good amount of the population out there that's like, no, I will not, uh, you know, I, I don't care for a free trial. I, I'm not gonna, you know, pay for premium. I'm sure there are reasons that are, people are still not watching it. I, I am literally. Which, again, is why I wish they would have a Blu-ray or at least a, even a digital release that you can buy off of iTunes or something like that, you know? Yeah. Hopefully in you the know, near future. Yeah. Come on. This is, this is a show that deserves to be seen by as wide an audience as possible. Absolutely. So, you know, we we felt that, you know, we should start our own podcast covering the Cobra Kai stuff because we didn't want to oversaturate TV at my brain with Cobra Kai yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah we were we were uh, kind of piling it on there for a while. Yeah, because there are many, many other TV shows that are being covered on that feed and we didn't want it just to be all Cobra Kai stuff because, you know, when seasons end, there's going to be a lull and the last thing I want is people to kind of like roll their eyes and maybe not even give us a shot. So... I mm-hmm. felt that there was, you know, maybe a small demand for something that was exclusive to Cobra Kai, and that's how we came up with Cobra Kai Companion. Um, the name that was, uh, I, you know, I, I don't remember if we had like, like a whole lot of names that we were kicking around. I do remember you saying, "What about something about the body bag reference?" You know, which mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't think it was a bad idea, but that's you know more of a reference to Karate Kid Part One, and I wanted something more Cobra Kai. So I, I felt that we needed to keep the Cobra Kai in the title, and then I came up with Companion, Companion with the K, you know, Alley with an I, something like that. I just remember coming up. We came up with the name fairly quickly. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I can't remember who it was that thought of it originally. Uh, I'll, I'll give the credit to you, just because, like I said, I don't remember i mean this this has been a very very fast moving train it it really was i mean i i know that uh companion was definitely one of them i i think you know um it was a debate whether it's going to be c or a k i felt like there might have been another one or two and i wanted something that says hey we are a companion piece to cobra kai the the, the show and so cobra kai companion was just fitting yeah, yeah, and it seems to have worked out fairly well. Question I, mark. I think so. I think so. You know, we got a few reviews that says it, it says it does. So there we go. Yeah. We have a, another question, and this one comes from Gianni. Ah. So he asks, if money and time weren't an issue, what would you do? Podcasting. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Not only that, but I would go to school for broadcasting so I could uh, become a better editor uh, so that I could get better sound quality and uh, hopefully make uh, various other networking contacts. But my wife has flat out said that uh, if we ever get to a point where time and money is not a concern, I am going to be doing that. I'm going to be going to broadcasting school. That's awesome. Um, and that's that's actually like something thought out and something that you can use mm-hmm. um, my my goal is to turn a hobby into a job where i never have to work again oh yeah no we we, t- we talked about this earlier you know when we talked about like bald move um we mentioned you know it'd be awesome well because they get paid to podcast 
you know, and, yeah. and you and I, we still have our day jobs. It'd be nice if this is what we did full time. It'd be great. It'd be the best hobby ever. It would be. So I have um, two answers for this. One is uh, one I'm going to steal from you. So <laughs> my... my uh, You're a brew beer. No, no, no. My long answer <laughs> would be for podcasting. You know, I find it healing if I can get paid to do this, you know, and and I wouldn't have to worry about money. This is what I would do because I love doing it. Um, and the short answer would be if time and money weren't an issue, weren't an issue, I would like to take my family to vacation all the different places we would love to vacation. You know, just maybe take a year off and just go everywhere we want to go. That would be very cool. Mm hmm. You know, there's places in Asia that we'd love to go visit in Europe. You know, I want to go visit the Louvre. Louvre? Yeah. I think yeah. that's it. You know? The uh, uh, museum. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. Want, I want to globe trot like like uh, Nicolas Cage did in National Treasure. That looks fun to me. <laughs> okay, that, that would be a good hobby, too. Yes. I'll, I'll give you credit on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, things like that. So... Uh, so thanks, Gianni, for that awesome question. That's a fun one right there. Yeah. And our last one uh, is is actually a question that was uh, asked previously, um, but this one comes from Yaya Rose Bianco. Ah. She asks, "Do you like to play board games? And if so, which is your fave?" And if anyone remembers, that is something that we talked about uh, in our interview with her and her love of board games. Yeah, uh, again, uh, I, I, I love board games. It's just, I, like video games, I wish I had time for them. I really, really do because you really have to use your imagination more than you do video games. You know, and it, it's just, it, it's just a a great bonding exercise too yeah there's one that i used to play uh not too often but we had a riot with and i played this with my close friends or my army friends but it's called loaded questions you know it's a board game you land on a color you pick a card and then each color represents like a cat like a type of question whether it be personal or you know things of that nature and it's really about kind of knowing each other you know everybody writes an answer to the question person who read the question reads out the answers and has a guess, you know, who said which, and for every correct answer, you know, you skip the spaces or something like that. Definitely for the grown-ups because of some of the questions asked, um, but that was a really fun one. And I play something now that's basically like charades with the kids. You know, you have a board and you spin, you know, the, the spinner and whatever color you, or whatever number you land on, you go to that space and that space will have a color. You pull a card, and it will tell you to act out whether it's an animal. You know, there's like four categories. So it's like charades, and you don't have to read. It's just a picture of something. And then, you know, the kids, they have to act it out, and you guess it, or vice versa. You know, so that's a fun one, too. Yeah. Yeah. This is where I wish we had Jake on here, because this is, I mean, he is just the gaming master. Yeah. He and Roe, who I mentioned uh, from the show Project Archivist, those guys are both really, really big into uh, role-playing games, tabletop-type games, and uh, various board games. Those guys would be able to talk to you, to Rose, for hours about the subject. Yeah, yeah. So, holy cow, Tom, this is probably the longest episode I think so. ever. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, um, we we've talked about this number of times about splitting up episodes, but you know, we put out Q and A's. We we put out two Q and A's that were like over two hours, and those were some of the biggest uh, episodes we've had. So people are listening to them, and you know, they can always skip and stuff like that. My concern is putting out like a um, part one and part two, and maybe not as many people listening to the part two. So uh, I thank everybody for checking out this episode if you made it this far. Well, more importantly, thank you for the questions. Uh, I mean, they were actually really interesting uh, as far as uh, giving us a chance to say who we are beyond the fact that we all love uh, this franchise and this show. Uh, It gave us a chance to kind of get to know, you know, Peter and I get to know each other a little bit more. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much. It's very humbling that you guys reached out. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this episode is for you guys as well. You know, we've uh, spent many hours talking about the show that we love and and the people involved with it. And we just thought it'd be kind of cool to kind of like let the listeners know about us if if they wanted to know about us. So this, this episode is for you guys. Uh, and, and hopefully you enjoyed it and, you know, learned a little bit more about us. Yes. And for the next episode, I will talk about the beer in more <laughs> length and detail. I promise you that. Yeah. He, he can have his own episode and he can have <laughs> at it. <laughs> uh, do what you will with that one. Uh, but, uh, Tom, if uh, we are not doing Cobra Kai stuff, where can uh, we found, find you in other platforms? Uh, well, I have a show that. You know, I, I normally goof on because I'm, I hate bragging and I'm awful at taking compliments, but I, it's actually turned out to be fairly good. It's called Jake and Tom Conquer the World. Uh, we're a geek based, uh, talk show where we, uh, discuss everything from, uh, random, uh, comic book movies, television shows, and books to various, uh, discussions on, uh, life topics. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. If you have a, uh, Android phone, take advantage of the free Couch Party app and you can get every episode as well as, uh, any number of other great shows. And you can find me on Geeks Worldwide. All right. Awesome. Um, you can find me on many, many shows. Uh, we've been, Talking about We Got Five, which, by the way, check the show notes out. I will include a link to the top TV uh, TV show episodes where I kind of lost it <laughs> a little bit, you know, to uh, for Rick's question, you know, about, you know, how loud I can yell. I don't yell on that episode, but I get a little sassy, uh, as one has put it before. Sassy Peter. Hashtag Sassy Pete. That's it. Um, but you can find me obviously on, um, about what, 96 shows a week? Uh, 90, 95. I had to drop one of them. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, I do a couple of movie review podcasts, uh, Postalgic, which, you know, I used to pimp out at the opening. I don't know if anyone's noticed that, but after the new year, Tom and I, we've just been introducing ourselves as, yes, you know, so Peter and Cobra Tom. Cobra Kai now. Companion is very much, uh, its own thing now. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, I will pimp out, uh, obviously, Postalgic. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Obviously, you can listen to that show anywhere. Tom's been a guest a number of times. Uh, I do another show, which I don't believe I've ever really pimped out here uh, on this particular podcast, but it's called Original Remake. Uh, my co-host, uh, Mike, and I, we review an original movie and its remake. Uh, sometimes we are we do movies where they're not direct remakes, but they are inspired by or loosely based on. Um, and we do have an unreleased episode 
where we have some, well, he has some technical difficulties with his track. So if he can figure how to fix that, we will have an episode where we reviewed the 1984 Karate Kid and the 2010 Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> I know Tom didn't want to do it, but I, you know, um, my co-host brought it up, and I thought it'd be kind of cool. You know, we would share it in the group and stuff like that, and uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll even throw it on the feed here. We'll uh, something to be determined at this point. Uh, but real, real quick, in that movie, does uh, what is it? Uh, Jaden Smith, is that his name? Yep. Does he get kicked in the face at all in that movie? I don't remember if it was the face particularly, but he does get beat up. Well, I might have to look for that on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, just watch the movie clips on YouTube. It's fine. You don't have to watch the whole movie. I mean, it's it's literally a rip off. You know, it, down to certain dialogues and stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, where can they find you on uh, various social media platforms, sir? Well, I mentioned the nostalgic stuff, but for us here, you can find us on Twitter at Cobra Kai Pod or on Instagram at Cobra Kai Podcast. And if you want to join our ever-growing uh, Facebook group page, just search www. Cobra Kai period TVAMB group and you spell out the words period. You can also find that link in the show notes too. It's you know much easier. Just click on it and it'll take you there. Uh, yeah. So that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, again, what we want to thank you guys uh, for your continued support. Uh, we do have one new review on iTunes. If I can get a moment just to read that real quick. Again, just the fact that anybody listens to a podcast that I work on, let alone takes the time to review it, is it's mind-blowing. Oh, my gosh. Tom, we actually got an, uh, two reviews here. Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, I, I think since the new year, or at least in, in the last couple of months since I've checked, uh, we've gotten, looks like, at least four new five-star reviews. So we're currently a five-star uh, podcast. Uh, the first review comes from RedsFan78, and this is five-star, says, No Mercy. If you love Karate Kid or Cobra Kai, this podcast is for you. Nice job, guys. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Yeah, very short and simple. Appreciate that. And the next one comes from, oh, what do you know? One of our listeners, Amy D. Um, Aww. Yeah, five stars. They are simply the best around. Nice, uh, nice, not pun, but reference there. Uh, she says, I love this podcast for many reasons. To start, they have the most information about the show. There are cast interviews, episode movie reviews, and updates about one of the showrunner's Twitter's Q&As. You can find updates about rumors and news through their social media accounts. The podcasts are fun, too, because sometimes when I listen at work, I have to watch my face because the guys make me laugh too much. So keep, So they keep the podcast entertaining. Finally... Through the podcast, they've created a great fan group for the show where information is posted. You meet awesome people who love the show and environment is completely positive. It's so hard for fandom these days to not have some tox tox toxicity. Yep. Okay. Uh, thanks to these guys creating this podcast and the social media groups, the Cobra Kai fandom hasn't ran too much into that and this group is strong. I love that about our group so please please listen to this podcast it'll be the second best thing you do after watching cobra kai of course hashtag cobra kai forever oh thanks amy that, thank, oh that wow. is very that heartwarming is, 
That might be one of the most encouraging things I've ever encountered as a podcaster. Thank you so much for the kind words. Absolutely. That's, that's amazing. I, I, I think that's worth sharing in our group. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That is wow. Yeah, Amy does really like cool. you know retweet and share our episodes and stuff. So Amy, thank you for that. Amy D, you know I, I forgot there's you know the two Amys and uh, the name is yet to be determined. Well, we call the two Amys too. So now is a group of Amys called the Amy? See, I I asked that I, I think in the the last Q and A we did. So yeah. uh, I think the jury is still out on that as well. So you know we'll we'll figure it out in the group. I'm sure. Or is it going to be the Council of Amys? The count. Hey, you know, I think uh, I think they can get down with that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So thanks again, Amy, and also Red's fan. I uh, appreciate the, the reviews there. So um, that's going to do it for this episode. And uh, I know we got uh, at least a couple more interviews lined up there. I can't wait for you guys to check out. So um, that's going to do it. We will talk to you guys next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com. Yes. I'm so tired. If you're so tired, you should be sleeping. <laughs> Go lay down and turn to the side like before. I'm going to come check on you. You better be sleeping. Can I sleep with boy? No.